Hey guys, this is Benjamin Light, and you're listening to Bros Watch PLL2. This is part two of our S7E20 podcast. It was too large to fit within one episode, so we had to break it up into two parts. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please go back and enjoy that. This is part two, beginning now. So we completely nailed every single Twinter appearance. Uh, as captain of the Twinter bandwagon, I'd like to congratulate myself and all my fellow Twinter theorists. Um, for the people who insisted that this was some sort of like acting mistake by Troyan, I'm just like, what specifically was was outed quote unquote as an acting mistake? People are like, oh, maybe she was just off that day on set. It's oh, like, come on, man. <laughs> I will fight you. I mean, I I think she did a good job because there were certainly other scenes where like I don't know, Spencer seems a little weird, but the ones we were really sure about, they were the the ones that were in this episode. So we nailed it. You choose the weapon. Mm-hmm. I will meet you. The address is mm. six. <laughs> so back in Spencer's cell, Alex has climbed up to sit on top of a shelf opposite Spencer. And she's like, I made my good. I'm, I made a good. I made good on my promise to run that night. And when the game was over, I went back to London. But I just I couldn't stop thinking about you. But how good you have it. She has a little point. She hops off the shelf, prowls the cage like a panther. Um, but how much your friends love you. It's just driving me. She tosses the chair. Mad. And and Rent saw it happening. Flashback. So we cut to London flat, nicely appointed, where we look down from, from overheard as Ren paces and Alex is glumly in a chair. He's stressed and anxious. Alex, you mean everything to me. I, created, I even created life for you. <laughs> Hello. Mm. But this is too much. You said it yourself, Ren, okay? It was luck of a draw. Spencer got everything and I got nothing. And Ren's like, you have Charlotte's money now. Isn't that enough? She stands. <laughs> I'm trying to differentiate, okay? Get off my fucking back. <laughs> um, she stands. She gets right up in his face. This isn't about money, okay? This is about having a home and parents and friends who risk their lives for each other. Even when they make mistakes, even when they make huge mistakes, they still love each other. I just, please, I want to know what that feels like. Well, this is like, ah, twins are, she wants the liar bond, right? Yeah. Who wouldn't? They're amazing. Specifically, Which, like, to me, I, bond. I find this justification and motive much more convincing than Cece's personally. Like, Alex, she wanted everything Spencer had. She was never as cruel as Charlotte, I feel like. She just, she wanted to test the girls and marvel at their resilience more than like truly fuck them up the way A from seasons like three to six did. She fumbled a little bit. I kind of would have liked to seen like uh, like oh Charlotte had planned the game, but she didn't have it like a lot of plans, and I kind of just completed it. Well, and you can you kind of got the sense the, in, the in game, season the limit, I mean. six B and seven that it just wasn't quite the same level of intensity as before, and it kind of makes sense. It's it's more like a tribute to Charlotte rather than right. someone who's as invested in the game because all all Alex really wants here she. She wants to be part of the group, you well, know? I think a lot of the 6BA plot holes are described as there's A or AD, and then there's like the fucking like Rick and Mary. I think they're all this, I think all the texts are from her. I don't know. That's that's what I'm going with. What was the one? It was like when Hannah's like, 
do I know you? Yeah. <laughs> Emoji. Yeah. Um, Seren, Seren, briefly, the voice of reason is like, so tell them the truth. And she's like, come on. And he's like, when you hear your story, when they hear your story, they'll understand. Should we be doing Hastings Center Theater for this? Do you want to try to do Ren? I feel like I could do Alex better because my accent's so bad. But I don't know. I'll, I'll let you make the call. Try Ren. Try okay. from us. So tell him the truth. So tell him the truth. Come on. And when they hear your story, they'll understand. You're joking, Raw. After everything I put them through, you're joking. Oh, Alex, come on. I can never be one of them. Nor does Alex. Which, by the way, that oh, Alex, come on. You fucking nailed that. Oh, yeah. Don't think I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so he looks down. He's, he's sick. He's panting in frustration. She takes... His face in her hands. Ren, do you love me? Till death do us part. With the A's capitalized. <laughs> so they rub noses, they kiss, because these two have some fucking chemistry. God damn these two. I mean, we've been waiting a long time to like really feel some uh, some Spencer Ren chemistry. I feel like we got it here. When is the last time they really, really had scenes together? Was it when she was in his apartment? Yeah, like season that was like post, two. That was like post the bar when she stole the drinks off the cart, right? Or the tray. And then went back to his place. Yeah. And then she was like basically rubbing his boner on her and then she fell asleep on the couch. Well, and, and you know, I've always been a little bit of a Ren defender. Not that he's a great dude, but at least in that one instant, he was like, I'm just going to let you sleep. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm not like you're drunk. You're into it. I'm not going to take advantage of this. You should go to sleep. I want to start a band called Ren Defender. Ren Defender. That's a good band name. It's a yeah. weird math rock band. Right, everyone. This is Ren Defender. <laughs> One, two, three, go. <laughs> so she, we only play covers of suggestions. <laughs> yes. Spit out that drink. <laughs> yes. So she kisses him some more with a gun between them. He moans in agony. Well, he, well she, she pulls out this big fucking pistol with the suppressor on it and puts it in his hands. And he's kind of like, he recoils, but he takes a wreck at the I weapon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on, Alex. And she's like, if you love me, then shoot me. Please run. Um, and, so, yeah. yeah. So she kisses him some more with the gun between them. He's just like moaning in an agassi and exomy. Please shoot me. And she backs away to give him some space. Come on, then. This is crazy. Please, Ren. I have to look exactly like her. Please. And he's just staring at her in horror, looking at the gun, looking at her hyperventilating. Okay. Please, Ren. He holds up the pistol, his hands shaking. Spencer's gasping. I'm sorry. That's a Spencer. That should be <laughs> Alex. Alex is gasping for every breath now. She's like scared herself, kind of, you know, because like this should, it's about to happen. Mm hmm. Uh, he still hesitates to pull the trigger. Please, Ren. Uh, I can't do this. Do it. Oh, he whips up the pistol and shoots her in the left shoulder. And it's because it's silence. It's just like. Pew. Yeah, she's like stumbles back in the wall. She cries out holding the left shoulder of her right arm. Fuck. She basically says fuck. Like yeah. she kind of like silences the last. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Hey there. But... What do you want? Freeform? Blimey. <laughs> Bloody hell. You shot me. <laughs> So she slumps down on the floor and Ren kind of gas and runs over to her. Oh, God. And blood's like seeping out from her white t-shirt under her hand. And she's like, hey, it's okay. Yeah, he puts a hand on her wound for pressure. I got you. I got you. I got you. She pulls him close by the shirt, almost kissing him. It's super hot. It's totally sexy. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, this ticks all the boxes for Benjamin Light. Because there's oh, blood. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. accents it's intentional physical harm yeah. yeah this is this is a real kink factor he's like super erect as we record this i love everything about alex drake i just 
Man, this was everything I ever wanted and didn't even know that I wanted. It's it's psycho crazy and it's I mean, perfect. Twincer, there are easier ways to fake a bullet wound. But and so this is where Especially, I'm gonna Well, we'll see what that bullet wound looks like. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm gonna throw out a little bit of speculation on the timelines here. So if I understand it, as what they said, this was after the game ended when she's doing this. So I think that I, mind you, there's massive issues with the timeline. We'll get to that. But this happened after 718, I think. Like, I think Alex faked like a, a basic wound for Toby mm-hmm. to have sex with Toby. Later on, she decided, no, I want to be Spencer for real. I need the full Monty, basically. I need to, I need a real gunshot wound. Just in case, you know, like I'm taking over Spencer's life just in case I go to a doctor or something. I need it to be exactly like like the real Spencer. Right. right. So that's my theory here. So I, I don't think what she's doing now is then her, like she's going to go back and fuck Toby. I think this is after that. Interesting. Because that's what she says. She says the game ended. She went back to Ren, but then she couldn't stay away. Okay. So I well, feel like know, this is in that one year time jump right now. We know that Ren is alive via uh, somewhere shortly thereafter Pharaoh my lovely yeah I mean well and the funny thing is Mona's dream okay we don't know when that takes place sure. but we know that Mona's dream is the marker and then a year later is is till death do us part so you could you could argue has it the, been a year I, I well guess. it says one year later yeah so you can make the argument that like but it's a dream though yeah I guess so they you can make the, the argument that cr- she yeah. has the dream six months after Pharaoh my lovely yeah, okay. That's that's if they ever get any shit in an interview. <laughs> they can bring well, that Well, there's, there's still some other timeline issues, but sure, yeah. So we come back to the cell. Alex is kind of slumped in the corner, arms crossed. She's a little regretful now. So she says, the plan was to be with you, to be you, with Ren. But no matter what, he always thought of me as Alex. And I just, I didn't want to be her anymore. So you you broke up with him? No, no, I could never do that. She shakes off this absurd notion. But he's always close by. And then she leans forward and fingers a little diamond pendant hanging from a necklace. And she kind of holds it up for Spencer to see. Big smile. I turned his ashes into an eternity stone. Spencer backs the fuck further away on her bed. Oh, shit. Ren, you're a diamond now. Oh, my God. Um, Twins are as fucking starkers. I love it. Like, there's something about... The, her kind of crazy vibe that's like it's playful but lethal like she is scary she's gleefully unhinged and i feel like it's props to troy and into the writing too for like finding elaine here that's it's not mona's like kind of catatonic stillness and rage and it's not charlotte's kind of smug condescending villainy like alex is something completely new and maybe the scariest of them all just because she's so casual about her her madness well i think we touched on this a little bit before wouldn't you agree that one of the biggest plot holes from your and my perspective is charlotte's like oopsie doopsie i tried to blow up the building we're all in <laughs> that'll make more sense later yeah um, and, and I, I think we we're kind of catching on to that in the last episode too yeah um but yeah alex is like because diamonds last forever and she's kind of like holding that diamond close and kisses it and spencer's just like gasping in horror Oh man, she turned Ren into a fucking diamond. I love this. I want to say, I'll get into this at the end of the episode. I believe it's Megan who sent us an article about how synthetic diamonds are created. Also, Maya Goldsmith tweeted because she wanted to make sure everyone knew this is possible. 
Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what that's, we're gonna do uh, to each other after the end of this podcast. That's how they uh celebrate on Corellia, yeah. When someone <laughs> dies. Um That's so nerdy. <laughs> I already knew this was possible because I've read stories about synthetic dinosaurs for years and years, but um from just like Star Wars? No, this is like even back in like popular science, like, okay. like twenty years ago. Um sure. the only difference between a synthetic diamond and a real diamond is that a synthetic diamond is more pure. Um the diamond industry is bullshit. Anyway. It's like an ambiguous lost diamond. Yeah. Ran into a diamond. Did you read how he was supposed to die? Um, I did, but I forgot. Remind me. It was something just bonkers, like where they like went outside and like the fire escape ladder like suddenly fell down and cut him in half. Like it was just ridiculous. I did not read that. It was like way too gory for PLL. And they were like, oh, we only had Julian Morris for one day, so we couldn't do it. I feel like <laughs> I think they were saved by that. I think we had as much Ren as we needed in this episode. I don't think we really needed any more. Well, I thought this scene was perfect because she's implying something so juicy and wonderful and it's dark terrifying. that happened yeah. off screen. You're just like, oh, my God, she killed him. Holy shit. And I think the power of that is so much stronger. And it makes and it, it really, would have been worse if you like saw him get chopped in half. But just, or, yeah. it just further cements her ability as like being like a Darth Vader level villain. Well, villain. The casualness of it that she just drops that into a conversation. We don't even get it in a flashback. Yeah. She's just like, by the way, I love this guy so much. I had to kill him. I couldn't break up with him. That's right, bitch. I'm yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so then Alice, uh, Alex uh, checks her watch, which she surely stole from Spencer says sorry she claps her hands then we get to the uh no no spencer backs further up on the bed oh sorry because diamonds last forever yeah and then alex says sorry i got to get ready um hey how are you planning on wearing your hair for the wedding and she kind of grins and waggles her eyebrows at spencer who's just like speechless and terrified she says don't worry i'll figure it out that's like a great villain moment yeah like asking the uh uh what's what's what i'm looking for like the uh, the question you don't really care about the answer for Sorry, I haven't had a few jokes. Rhetorical question. R- rhetorical question. <laughs> um, that's We're three hours and 20 minutes in your podcast. No, even longer. Whatever. Keep going. <laughs> Which is going to be funny because like. Oh, my God. We're only halfway through. Where do you think we'll be in the actual edited podcast? I don't know. Because I want people to think about the stuff that they missed out on. Mm-hmm. The uh, the deleted scenes, the director's mm-hmm. cut. Mostly bathroom breaks. Um so yeah, so she leaves the room, like through that locking glass metal door, hits a keypad outside. When she does, the door locks. Spencer's shackles open up. Spencer yanks her leg it's out. It's interesting that it's like a remote controlled shackle that Spencer has. So she sh- so the idea is that she should be shackled whenever one of them comes into the room. I just don't know how you re-shackle her. They're like, Spencer, could you go put that shackle on for a moment? Wait. I'd like to enter the room. Which obviously Mary fucks up. But yeah. like, I guess my question is, Mm, yeah that's a good even, question even wesley from angel was like here's your bucket misbehave and i take away your bucket yeah <laughs> maybe there's a little uh a little panel somewhere that opens up like a deleted scene though mm-hmm. too where like officer barry shows up and he's like sup i brought your bucket <laughs> yeah i'm evil <laughs> they did it to me again so um alex Miles, she types on the beeping keypad, t- keypad outside with a hiss and more secure grilled metal door slides it's like a blast door closing yeah. down on them yeah so alex leans over past the closing door green like mad bye the door shuts the Spencer's totally alone and locked inside this mysterious cell so at this point the alex backstory mostly holds up 
we could imagine that Ren met Alex at some point after he broke up with Melissa, maybe after the flashbacks of her in the bathroom with Hannah in S6017. That's not going to last Get for very my long. bloody sister on the phone. Yeah, that won't last for long. But at this point, I'm like, oh, this all holds up. Uh, anyway. Anything that doesn't hold up is a lot of fun. Yeah. After the commercial, Alex is now posing as Spencer in front of a big three panel wardrobe mirror. She's kind of admiring herself in like this sexy backless braless black gown here. It's her bridesmaid's dress. She and the other liars, they're all like wearing these like pendants of the Starship Enterprise. I don't well, know. It's funny. This is like the second mention of our notes of the Starship Enterprise. I just want to point out there's a hum. So Alex's whole fake dollhouse that oh, just yeah. sounds like you're on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. I like it. Yeah. Because we're Star Trek nerds. I don't know what these pendants are, though. They look like the fucking Enterprise. Um, no, they don't. Don't they? They look like weird, like, jewelry dream catcher like things. Sulu or something? No, they're like all like fake little dream catchers. Uh, okay. But they're all the same, which is weird. Damn, Emily's dress is super cleavage. I, I just realized that. Well, these are bridesmaids dresses, but they're not they're not like the same dress. No. Like was the was it just like uh guys wear a black dress and we'll call that a black bridesmaids dress. So, having been to a few weddings, um you have people that you really want to be. I like a- how you position that as like here's some here's some experience that no one else might have right now. I myself have been to a few weddings in my day. If I might take my Ezra pedestal for a minute here at Hyde Park. <laughs> Having been to a few weddings. Um well, first of all, guys, I love receptions. I hate weddings. Um so you have people that you want to be your bridesmaids. You don't have control over their body types. So you alter the dress to be flattering to everyone. I mean, usually the thing is that the bridesmaids get the awful dresses because the bride is like, ha ha ha, fuck you. This is my power move. But I mean, do you think, okay, so the, the, the screen cap we have frozen on the thing in front of us. Do you mm-hmm. think Ari was like, I really want to see everything but Shay Mitchell's nips? No, I think it's like the reverse where like somehow she got incepted and she was like, I will give myself the terrible dress and the bridesmaids will wear it. They want Aria's dress is dog shit. Mm-hmm. It's we'll get too to sleevey. Yeah, there, there's way too many sleeves and, and lace and yeah. Anyway, uh, the liars are all here. Ren, as we know him now, is a diamond. Uh, what happened to him? He's not around Spencer's neck anymore. Mm-hmm. I guess he got put away. Mm-hmm. We'll be back later for well, you, Because they're Ren. all wearing their wedding dream catchers. I know. I'm just thinking about Ren. He's a diamond now. I'm sorry. They're Ezra Knight catcher. Shine on you, yeah. crazy Ren. So we pull back from Alex. We see Ali's on the phone. Emily and Hannah are here. They're looking at Emily's phone. They're all wearing... the. Some sort of variation of a black gown but I mean, here. It's Aria. So, of course, the bridesmaids wear black or dark blue. It's like maybe. navy. Yeah. yeah but, like, all... only Hannah and Allie are in navy, and it looks like Emily and Spencer are, like, in black. I don't know. Pseudo theory? <laughs> sure, yeah. Allison, they're like, Allison, we don't know what to do with you, so fill in for Aria in our yeah. color scheme. This is uh, some sort of, like, wedding prep room situation. It's like the, the parlor at the Radley, perhaps. Hmm. yeah anyway whatever um Allie hangs up as alex comes over to join the others and Allie says that was the state police still no leads on mary and Allie says how could that happen look somebody had to have helped her and alex as spencer says well my mom hired extra security for today so i don't think that we should be telling aria until the wedding it is kind of funny to watch alex do spencer mm-hmm. because i feel like her perception of spencer is 
a little less dark than the real Spencer. Yeah. Like, I think Alex probably sees Spencer as what you would like if you just watch the PLL pilot or something. She's just like Spencer's just like this annoying, like preppy kind of like happy person. It's just how Alex plays her. Well, there's definitely there's some derision there in that she doesn't think that Spencer suffered like she's yeah. Suffered. She doesn't believe in her. They're, they're much more agony. similar, I think, than Alex would, is knows or would be willing to admit. What's funny is that you and I have always joked that, that the best stuff in Orphan Black is always when one of the clones has to pretend to be one of the other clones. Like it's not, it's not. I'm trying to think of the most recent one that I can think of, and it's. Um, I have not watched any. Of not this, this season. season, but like last season, it's when Cosima, this show is taking over my life. I have no chance. When Cosima yeah. has to pretend to be Allison, oh my God. and she's like just won some kind of like elected position, and she's like, I really want to advance like LGBT rights. <laughs> um, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I miss Allison, uh, Allison Hendricks. I, I need to catch up on that show. Oh, you like last week's Allison episode was great. Shh. Shh. Mm-hmm. I'm free now after this episode. I can go watch it. Finally, I'm free. I had to save the uh, reference I was making for the end of the episode. Okay. Anyway, uh, blah blah blah. State police. Blah blah blah. Ali agrees that they shouldn't tell Arya till after the wedding. So they all just kind of stew in it, and then the Shusher herself makes her entrance, and Arya's like, "Well," and Hannah says, "Hashtag Arya's wedding dress." Hashtag nope. <laughs> Arya's in like a big sparkly white gown Ugh. with these like bizarre, like humongous sleeves. It's just, it's not Arya. No, it's not. It's not. It's there's a weird belt thing. The sleeves look really weird a, and fat. This is a dress for a taller woman, I feel like. The only thing that's Arya is the things around her wrist, and by which I mean her gauntlets. Yeah, it looks like something you'd find in a haunted wedding dress that belongs to the ghost of an old woman found on the bottom of the sea in the Titanic. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a lot of like weird, like transparent lace happening up top from the sleeves. I don't know. It's a good thing Ezra gets kidnapped. So why would she abandon this one for the other one later? It's because this dress is cursed? I think so, yeah. Yeah, you can't wear the same dress again. No, that's <laughs> that dress is bad juju, man. It's like Feed me your cursed dress. Speaking of Victunia, I like to imagine that he's just, or he or she is just not it's sitting on Ari's shoulder, nodding. We've never really nailed that down. I feel like it's a she. I think it's a she, but I, in my mind, because we're both dudes and we do the voice, it comes out as a he. Wow. But yeah, I think it is a she. I don't believe in God, but I believe in Victunia. That's By true. which I mean, the only thing that scares me is Victunia. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, blah blah. blah Arya's like, thank dress. you. Yeah, Arya. Oh, em- Emily's like having a moment, and Arya's like, "Em, are you crying?" And Emily's like, "Yeah, you look so beautiful. I'm Ezra now for some reason." Uh, and Arya smiles, and she's like, "Thank you." And she looks over at Spencer slash Alex, who we know is actually Alex. Alex looks a little bit pained with emotion, but like a different flavor of emotion than Emily's mere happiness. There's like a hunger in those tears. Mm. And Ari's like, Oh my God, are you crying too? And Alex laughs and the others kind of chuckle. The tension's broken. Alex says, I'm just, I'm just so happy to be here with all of you celebrating you, Aria. Cause she's totally teen Sparia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ari says, well, I couldn't have imagined a day without you guys. And she hugs her Tulpa Hannah and, and Alex pulls in Emily and, and Allie on the other side for like, just some physical contacts, you know, and she's mm-hmm. like, let's take a selfie before the photographer gets here. I like that. That's her idea. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, yeah, okay. So they make a little liar wall with Ari in the middle and Shane Mitchell, Shane Mitchell, <laughs> slurring my words, the master of selfies takes uh, one of all of them right now. It's good timing because then Pam comes in to totally kill the mood like a crying baby. Oh, sorry, girls. She's a little muzzy, so I thought I'd bring her in to see mommy. They all coo over the kid. Alex can't help herself. May I? No, she says, may I? Allie's like, yeah, of course, because we're first cousins after all. Alex tries the crying baby in her hands. She's like, oh, hi. The others laugh and the estrogen flows. Alex retreats with the baby to the mirrors to calm her. And Pam's like, Aria, you look so beautiful. You look like you stepped out of Modern Bride. <laughs> Aria's like, oh, thank you, Mrs. Fields. Your genuflection before my beauty is adequate. <laughs> Pam's like, I think after all these years, you can call me Pam, you snarky little thing. And Emily and Allie laugh at this. And Aria's like, okay, Pam. Um, meanwhile, over the mirrors, Alex is bouncing, bouncing baby relics in I have, her arms. I have a lot of names for this baby, but Renlet? Yeah, I don't know. Renlets. Two little Renlets. Alex is like, hey, gorgeous. You have your daddy's eyes. Mm. Yeah. I knew Ren would make pretty babies. Yes. That's the answer as to who the father is. Well, he told you in the flashback, I created I life. I created life for you. Which, first of all, Ren, you fucking creep. You knew what you were doing. Ren. Could you please put your jam in this little little cup for me? <laughs> don't ask questions. Like, how did that go down? I, I don't know. I you just like he just thought it was like an everyday kind of Saturday handy. I and mean, we we always kind of like, caught it in like a like a bread basket. We always kind of knew that Ren was a little bit weak, I guess, just like willpower wise. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that somebody like Alex would kind of master him. Well, I think if the flash forwards taught us nothing, it's that every man is weak. Weak compared to the uh, the hand stuff. Um, Holes. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so she smiles at the baby. Yeah. And kind of at herself with the baby in the mirror. Like she, she really likes her new Spencer suit. Mm. So putting the baby in the hands of a villain, I feel like, is always a nice move to ratchet up just like the squick vaxxer. Yeah. Um, I think we're supposed to at least feel like, like, oh no, what's she going to do with that kid? Even though she doesn't really do anything. Right. Um, do Allie and Emily ever find out in this episode who the father is? No, they don't. Muzzle top, Ren. Yeah. But they're also totally cool with it, which to a sense makes sense because like it's their kids. What are they? Yeah. Kids? I mean, they, they took ownership. I don't know what, now that we've got the, the full storyline, what do you think of the, the eggs storyline? I just think it's interesting that in the interviews prior to the airing of the episode, people were like, yeah, this was Charlie Craig's idea. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit like I noticed Marlene and she was just like at the very end uh, yeah. of the episode that we don't acknowledge. She was just like, that was someone else's idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was- I I feel like we don't need it. I'm well, not really like Allie and Emily could have gotten together without babies. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on what we used to call alternative families. I think that they're happening in a way that's, you know, magical and beautiful. So I don't know if we needed to add in like one more well, violation like, for fun. They could have made that decision on their own. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was interesting. They talked about how he brought in the idea to the room and everyone was like, okay, let's give it 36 hours and see how we feel about it. And apparently they felt okay. I just. 
don't know. It did see some people complaining online that this was Ren. I don't know that there's like a good answer to who the father could be. Like it's still a violation no matter who it right. is. I like there's no one on the show that you'd be like, oh, this is a father. And you'd be like, oh, I feel better about this now. You know, well, I guarantee there's no way that in breaking down a storyline for episode two of season seven, you know, two of 20 that you knew who the father was at that point, you know? I, I mean, because I'm sure there was there was probably a possibility that they could not get Julian Morris, so they'd have to like ch- make some changes. You know? Right, right, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad that they're happy for their babies now. I don't think they needed that. I don't think they needed babies to get together. They could have got together on their own anyway. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like they were headed that way already. Um, you know, whatever. I, don't, hey. I just I think for a lot of the the fan fiction market the alice simile people is like babies equate happy ending they could have gotten together without the babies and so, you know like they're together by 719 and then you flash 40 years later and they have kids now and you just like oh they got us they got a, a donor or whatever you know like you, you didn't need a special connection to another character what if i it could have been toby a, what if i throw out a challenge to ourselves? Mm-hmm. kind of like the lexa challenge oh, okay for example what's the lexa challenge the lexa challenge is has a lot to do with like let's not just kill off a lesbian character for fun or it's to a big challenge to yeah. someone else's like <laughs> plot line what if like in the magical metaphysical theoretical world of like trouble season seven mm-hmm. we don't just marry off trouble we, and give her babies we go five seasons but yeah sure sure season seven mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't marry her off and give her babies just because it's the end of the show oh yeah totally <laughs> Yeah, which would also be interesting because of that show. Anyway, so back in Alex's new dollhouse lair, uh, the blast door to Spencer's cage are sliding open with a hiss because Mary Drake is here to chat. Hello, Spencer. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you got to adopt your vampire voice now. Hello, Spencer. So Spencer is backed up against the back wall. She looks more scared and harried now, almost sickly. She says, "So you're a part of this too?" Mary's like, "No." I'm trapped in here just like you. Not exactly. So she's like, yeah, well, you don't look so trapped to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a wanted convict for Archie Dunhill's murder, a crime I didn't commit, remember? Come on, Spence. It was only the last episode. You remember that, right? It's just, weird. It's, it feels like forever ago now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, because we haven't recorded in a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, I took the blame for you and your friends, so I think I deserve a little trust. <laughs> Spencer says nothing, looks away. Fuck, Fuck that, that bullshit. bullshit. Your trust means nothing if you have to beg for it. Um, Mary's like, I thought we could have lunch together. So Spencer can't believe this. There, there's Mary Drake with two plates of some suspect looking stew and rice. Ugh. She slides a plate under the hole, the bo- hole at the bottom of the door oh. for Spencer. Spencer ignores his plate, angry, unwilling to cooperate. So Mary gets her own plate and sits down in a chair outside Spencer's cell. Mary watches her daughter, but Spencer's withholding. So Mary takes a bite of her food and sighs and this culinary ecstasy. And it was pretty obvious, but I was glad to nail it. The, I took a lover in Peru who owned <laughs> a little restaurant that made the most exquisite sotado de pollo. I'm the only person he ever shared the recipe with before I ate him. Mary, it's chicken stir fry. Settle down. Yeah. Hey, you take a lover in Peru. Mm-hmm. You can complain. So Spencer observes the first role of being a good hostage soaks over to the plate to eat and keeps her strength up. Well, that's what you got to do when you're like, listener, if you find yourself kidnapped or a hostage, you eat the food. You got to keep your strength up. Well, no, I've, I've, I've always learned from science fiction that the first rule of any prisoner is to escape. 
or the first duty mm-hmm. to escape. So yeah, you gotta survive. Spencer's like, so where are we? Um, her mom scoots over right next to the glass wall, so she's mere inches from Spencer. I don't know. She gave me something to sleep, and the next thing I knew, I woke up here. But you're safe, Spencer. She promised me. In a time, you'll earn her trust, and she'll let you out of your room. Why didn't you ever tell me about her, Spencer says. Because she's shady as fuck, Spencer, yeah. that's why. And a vampire. Whereas, like, until a few weeks ago, she came to, until when, she, when she came to visit me, I didn't know where she was or if she was even alive. So thunder and lightning crash. We're back in the rally in the 1940s, where the old timey nurse is carrying baby Spencer for Mary's splayed legs, just directly from the the vagina to mm. this like Pinkerton man the down fedora. the hall. Yeah. This is basically was it season seven, episode eight, X's and OMGs. This guy, I feel like they want us to think that maybe this guy's Peter Hastings, but they didn't get Nolan North because he kind of looks like he could be Peter. I don't know. Maybe it's just a profile. Listen here, C. Hell yes, C. I do it again, C. Hell yes, I take that baby again. This is, this is my cagney, Spencer's C. awesome. <laughs> this is me doing my energy Robinson, C. Um, so the baby's crying as the nurse hands her off and the Pinkerton man walks away. The lady nurse watches him go and then a male nurse calls from the birthing room. Nurse, hurry. There's, it's coming now. Mary off screen's like, what your por- parents didn't know was there was a second child. Bum, bum, bum. Suspense looks away because this shit is twisted. Well, and this is where we get the explanation for because this was always a big thing when we met Dr. Cochran. And it was like, wouldn't he remember if there was another twin delivered? You know? Uh, so Mary I'm a character so creepy they had to cast the guy from Angel who played Holtz. Is that really yeah, that's right. We had that conversation. Yeah. yeah. Mary says, Dr. Cochran arranged for Alex's adoption in exchange for half the money. Spencer's like, you sold her? Uh, what's a baby go for these days? Hey, you want a baby? Mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll get your baby, baby. Here at the clock tomorrow. With, With nail polish. Mary says, the money bought me a ticket out of Radley. And Alex went to a wealthy couple in England. I thought she would live a Cinderella life. Spencer kind of sniffles at this and wipes her nose, just appalled. She's like, have you ever read Grimm's fairy, ta- fairy tales? And Mary says, the irony hasn't been wasted on me. Apparently, Alex had some issues. (laughs) (laughs) And when she was still young enough to forget them, her parents left her at an orphanage. They couldn't risk tarnishing her name. They even took that back. And she was given her birth name. And Spencer's like, yeah, Alex Drake. It's a fun little theory that this mysterious wealthy family was the Fitzgeralds. Ooh. Kind of like that. There's some... There's a moment in this episode where you're like, oh, maybe Ezra is on it, but then no. I would like the idea that like Ezra's actually English and the family has like weaned oh, him like and Wesley. Oh, like Ian Harding started doing a Cockney yes. accent? Hello, love. But it's not really the same, is it? We had inside jokes, mate. And then we'll be, You think I thought that was my kid? Are you having a laugh? The beauty would be if his brother was like, and then you grab her by the brain. <laughs> Speaking of which. Yeah. Ezra as secretly being English the whole time. There's something I'd like to clarify concerning your daughter in it. This is serious scotch, as we say in we old England, Baron. Uh, that joke and I have inside jokes. So, yeah, where are we at here? Oh, shit, where are my notes? Your writing is mostly personal, eh? Yeah, so we find out Alex Drake 
Fitzgerald's blah, blah, blah. Mary says she ran away from the Ambrose home for wayward children on her 10th birthday a year before I found out she, uh, she was there. Can you imagine how alone she must have felt? And Spencer's kind of like weeping some more and she wipes her nose again, kind of whispering. She's like, yeah, I can. She retreats away from the glass door to be alone. And Mary's like, there was nothing more that I would love than to hold you, Spencer. But she would never forgive me if you got out. Spencer's just kind of huddling in the back of herself. She's kind of facing away. She's crying. And after a moment of watching her daughter cry, Mary finally relents and she hits some keys on the little pad next to the door and unlocks it. She steps in. Spencer turns and she kind of hesitates at first. And then she falls into her mom's embrace and she sobs. She's just, God, this has been a lot for her. And they hold each other tight. And Spencer's like, thank you. And if you're looking closely, you can see she's kind of working her hand on the back of her mom's neck there. <laughs> uh, and Mary says, you don't have to thank me. I'm your mother. Well, because Mary also has basically the deathly hallows as a necklace of her own yeah it's like the upside down trident uh so yeah spencer's crying some more and they're caressing each other's hair before eventually pulling apart mary then backs away out of the cell spencer coughs and she kind of tries to put her hand out to stop it mary shuts the glass door and locks it so spencer's locked in again and mary kind of walks away down the hall like she can't face spencer any longer Spencer's crying. She's like breathing vapor on the window. She's sniffling and sobbing, but slowly masters herself as Mary leaves. And we see that, oh shit, uh, that was at least somewhat for show because in her hands is one of the bobby pins from Mary's hair. You got played, Mary. Mm. So Mary's pretty weaselly, right? Yeah. She knows Alex is nuts. She's willing to play along. Rather than freeing Spencer and going to the cops, I don't know. I always knew I couldn't trust you, Mary. Because like she willingly offered to take the rap for the the Archie murder, mm -hmm. put herself in jail. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, nah, you know, like I could go to the cops right now, rescue my daughter. Uh, I'll go back to jail, but I, I've already co mentally committed myself to that. But no, she's like, no, nah, I kind of like being free. Sorry, Spencer. Well, I think her argument is that she's caught between two daughters. One of your daughters is a little bit nuts, though. I don't know. You think so? Just a, just a tad. So meanwhile, back at the wedding, speaking of which, all the liars are still in the prep room. <laughs> this is like, oh, there's a fucking wedding going on. Great. Like, it's like the I to me in this episode, the the Spencer Alex stuff is so engaging that every time we cut away, I'm just like, oh, right. Whatever. <laughs> If only oh. something would derail this. Um, well, it really feels like we missed a scene here. Yeah. Because we're going to find out that Ezra has uh, not shown up. This is one of those moments where I was like tweeting something dumb that I thought was funny. And I was like, oh, shit, I should I should rewind. Mm -hmm. um, You're like, did I miss it? Did, did something happen? Yeah. So Arya's like sitting in the chair inconsolable as the other liars stand there behind a liar wall watching, perhaps judging. Byron's here next to Arya trying to talk to her. Byron's like, Arya, this isn't about you. And Arya's like, yes, it is, Dad. We got into an argument last night. I let him down. And Byron's <laughs> like... Not being able to make babies is not letting someone down. Byron's like, no, he let you down. And his serious scotch is shit. And after we make sure that he's okay, I'm going to wring his neck. I feel like that's just like, Byron, you're, you're too chill about this. You gotta like, like I'm gonna fucking kill him is yeah. what I want to hear from Arya. Like, I get like you're being calm for your daughter and whatnot, but like he should be spitting nails right now, like apoplexic of rage. Arya, I'm going to snort his ashes and put it that way. 
uh, Alex is like looking at Shay as ever, maybe feeling a little guilty. So Hannah next to her has to take charge. And Hannah's like, should we tell the guests? And Ari's like, no. She cries, looks her dad confused. Yes, I don't, I don't know. Should we? Byron sighs, like, I'll take care of it. And by that, I mean, I'll have your mother take care of it. Mm-hmm. He rises slowly and leaves. And <laughs> like, like they need like cut away to Ella. Just like, she's got the wine bottle, just like tilted all the way up, chugging it. Like what? <laughs> yeah. So Alex is like, Ari, you should probably try calling him again. That's just ice cold from Twinter there. She knows that's not going to work. So she dials him again as Caleb walks in confused. And Ari's like, Ezra, I know you're there. Please pick up. Caleb's like, what's going on? Why isn't Ezra here? My bro Ezra, who never do anyone wrong. And Ali's like, Ezra sent Ari a text. And he's like, he's not coming. And Ezra, Caleb's like, major party foul, bro. Major party foul, Z. Um, do you think just, uh do you think that at some point like he was just like Caleb, Toby, I want you to call me Z. I know it's a weird nickname, but I feel like I've earned it and can you've I earned be, it. Can I be Z? Please. My ex weird girlfriend used to call me that before she found out I was taking a teenager. What do you think the text to Arya said? It's just like LOL not showing up. Fresh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're gonna go back to Spencer's cell. She's uh, we're, we're supposed to get married today, but it's not really the same thing. So. It's not really the same thing, is it? Yeah. Spencer's kind of split her bobby tin in, in two, and she's working at picking the lock on her cell door. There's all this electronics, but somehow there's still just like a deadbolt lock on the door. I just want to point out, it's not like Spencer ever took a tactical lock picking class at the Academy. No, she watched this videos is, online. This is just pure Spencer fucking Hastings. Yeah. So she's working at that lock, and then as she does it, hear like a dude kind of grunt and groan somewhere nearby, and she looks up and sees like a shoe from somebody lying on the ground in another cell uh, across from hers. <laughs> this person's slowly waking up and moving around. Spencer kind of pounds on her cell door like, hey, hey, can you hear me? Are you okay? This person in the other cell, they rise, they turn around, coming to view. It's fucking Ezra. So here was a woman about to amazingly release herself from imprisonment and who should ruin it but Ezra fucking Mm -hmm. He's kind of bleeding from like a wound at his temple there and Spencer's like, Ezra, fuck. (laughs) Uh, And he kind of hears her and looks up. He's just like confused, like mouth agape, like he's surprised if you go into commercial. Let's see your master's degree get you out of (laughs) Dollhouse 2 imprisonment. If Ezra was secretly in on it, this would be brilliant to like pose as a prisoner. But I feel like if for that to to work, this would need to be a movie, and we'd still need to only be like halfway through it, yeah, and not like three fourths of the way through it or whatever. Yeah, Ezra's like, oh, I'm secretly Jay Garrick. Oh, not really. I'm Hunter Solomon. What are you going to do about it, love? <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me pretend to be your reflection. Oh, she already got that one. Fuck. So after commercial, Ezra's he's leaning against the glass door to his cell. He's kind of recalling what happened. He says, I was making the reservation you suggested. And when I thanked her for the information, she seemed confused. Like she didn't know what I was talking about or she didn't care. Uh, So out of concern, I followed her out as a man does. And when I pressed her for answers, also as a man does, she turned around and just gave me this death stare. Like I was some kind of asshole. Like the kind of stare every woman in Rosewood should give me. Uh, and, and that was the last thing I remember. And he's kind of like probing out his head wound with his fingers. And Spencer's like, are you okay? I don't know why she cares. And he's just like, it's my wedding day, Spencer. 
and we're locked in some sort of do-it-yourself dungeon. So no, I'm not. I'm not okay. And Spencer's like, I meant your head, you thundering asshat. And he's like, sorry, my sarcasm's sarcasm is my brain's self-defense mechanism for whenever I'm about to be murdered or when I pray for young girls. See, well, like, that's she's been here longer than you. Mm-hmm. You should give her shit. Yeah. <laughs> so Spencer kind of slouches her head on the glass. She's just gutted at having to share this hostage situation with this idiot. It's just weird. It's just weird. Like when you have four girls and like you peel out one, like Hannah at the end of last season, start of this season, to be like have this traumatic thing happen to, and then you like peel out Spencer to have a twin. It's weird because you have the four of them. You know what I mean? Like Emily and Arya are almost like passengers in the storyline. Yeah. But then when you're just like, you know who's really important and special? It's fucking Ezra. Let's have him get kidnapped too. Like, why not have like Caleb get kidnapped too? Maybe I can hack the cell. No, wait, I can't. I'm useless. <laughs> uh, so back at the Radley. I'm being it's, attacked by ghosts. It's nighttime now. Inside, we see Arya's wedding dress is uh, back hanging on a hanger. Arya's sitting in a bathrobe, staring at her wedding dress. She's almost catatonic. We kind of pan around, and she stares into that dark abyss, and Allie walks in from the other side. She's got her phone in hand, and Allie says, that was Spencer, a.k.a. Twincer. Uh, she's going to swing by the apartment and get you something to wear. Allison is wearing a shirt that has like the stars that you hang on a child's bedroom that like glow in the dark. They glow in the dark. Yeah. Emily is wearing gray sweats and a black t-shirt that maybe says Muse. Or house, maybe. Or house, because she's playing out. What the fuck is happening? I don't know. It's a weird look. Yeah. Um. Anyway, whatever. Emily says, my mom's sleeping over, so we're going to stay with you, okay? No inconvenient babies around for this part. I think that wasn't dialogue. Uh, <laughs> so we rack focus to Arya. She's still motionless in her robe, and Emily's just like, Arya? Then there's a knock at the door. And Arya gets up. She rushes over, flings the hotel door open. Like Her face is just full of joy and relief because, obviously, this must be Ezra coming back. Must be. She's like, Ezra? Nope. Her face falls. It's just Hannah. This is awkward. Hannah says, still no word. And Arya just kind of walks back to the couch, sits down again, stare off into her own personal hell. I do wonder, what do you think the other actors thought of this finale? I would love to know. Because, I mean... Troyan has almost like triple duty here in a way. Yeah. Um, it almost seems like the Ezra kidnapping was just a way to give the other liars something to do in cutaway scenes. Yeah. But I feel like there's there was a way they could have altered that and made it much better. But they, I don't know, for whatever reason, they went with the kidnapping. Such as? I think you, I think you do it almost almost but not quite real time where it's like it's the Ezra wedding mm. they're getting married and there's spencer sitting with the other liars only it's not spencer and slowly one by one they start to notice like weird things you know i'm wondering if you could have and granted this is like some monday morning quarterbacking this is some backseat driving absolutely yeah for what sure. if you could have trimmed some of the fat some of the red herrings season seven had things like like what if hit and run 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 was like episode one season mm-hmm. seven or something like that at moved, the very least episode two yeah moved up playtime to much earlier made Farrell my lovely like like 
715, even 711 or whatever. You know what I mean? Had the game take place over a longer period of time. Um, done the whole Twinster thing. I guess for me, like the finale for what she's trying to do here, I would have been more interested if I, Marlon King, did like what we joked before. If like it was just a self-contained thing. What if they were all just on an island? Like what if they well, had gone on an island for like, this for, like could have Arya's just wedding? Been, this could have just been the wedding yeah, yeah. and nothing else. And unbeknownst to most people, Spencer got knocked out early in the episode, got the brief backstory on Twinster and is held captive downstairs or, or, you know, wherever while Alex is up posing as Spencer. Like, I feel like it would have been fun to see her interacting with the liars sitting at the table, wedding speeches, whatever reception, you know? Well, like what if you moved up stuff? And so the, the mirror scene, Mm-hmm. was like the very end of 719. I could see that. Yeah, and sure. then like you have just like the Aria or at Ezra the very least at the island of, murder wedding weekend. The end of act one of this episode, like 20 minutes in or something. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And then it's just watching it all play out, watching the liars. I feel like each of them should have noticed something off, you know, the mushrooms, for instance, which I still feel is like a missed opportunity. I remember you were so bonerific for that because um, it would have been a good thing. It'd be like, oh, that's weird. Spencer doesn't want to eat this thing that she liked because each one of them would have had this one data point. Or, and it wasn't until they put them all together. That they're like, wait a minute. This isn't Spencer. Or you pull back even deeper where like Alex is like, I don't know how to make tiramisu. <laughs> um, but like the problem with in our interview with Justin Doherty and his theory about Rosewood's backstory is that it's so interesting. I almost want them to tie in the evil machinations of the town in general. Mm. And he had this British girl doing her thing. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, you could definitely lose like the first half hour of this episode and not miss anything. Anyway, uh, where are we now? How far are we into the episode? Uh, I don't know. Was this like 101 minutes or hour and one minute? Yeah, 26 yeah. minutes and 47 seconds. Yeah, we're, ago. we're making good time. So about three hours will be done here. Mm-hmm. So how, where do we leave off? If Hannah shows up, Hannah still shows no up, word. still no word. Arya just goes back to to sulk. Yeah. So back in the new dollhouse, Spencer's still working at that lock. It's a loud noise. Door opening from somewhere nearby. Ezra looks worried. Spencer pulls the body pins out of the lock, tosses them away to hide them on her bed. If I remember correctly, uh, just mm-hmm. in time. Because Alex is strutting around the corner, heading down the hall. This is Ezra's first time seeing them together, so he's pretty shook. Alex smiles deviously as she walks up. I really feel like we we missed out on more of the liars having that kind of mental moment of like, oh my God, there's two of them. Yeah, yeah. Or if she just opened the door here to be like, hello, Ezra, you dated a teenager. And she knees him in the balls hard. Um, I deserve that. So much so that like maybe he like Ian Harding gets the juicy actorly thespian role of like maybe spitting out one of his own testicles because mm. she need him that hard. And he's like, I will nail this scene. Um, so hello, she, sister. She, yeah, hello, sister. She smiles. Spencer braces herself. Absolutely brushes her bangs to the size. Alex does the same thing, trying to match her mannerisms. The mimicking of the mannerisms is great. It's it's a nice little chilling, totally psychotic moment here. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if it's even just like a thing on set where like they notice that one of them mm-hmm. had it. Anyway, so Ezra's just like, hey, hey, you don't have to do this. And I was like, can we have some privacy, please? So she goes over the keypad by Ezra's cell. And he's like, wait, wait, no, no, stop, stop. She slouches by the door like, oh, God, what, what, you fucking whiner? He's like, look, we both understand why you became AD. And she's like, you and I actually met once. And she switches the parody of Spencer's accent. Ezra? 
I don't think you've met. Oh Ren no, Kingston. no, her her voice is like Ezra. I don't think you've met Ren Kingston. Ren is almost my brother-in-law a couple times. Have a drink with us. Yeah, like it's, it's it's so peppy and like it just like insulting to the real Spencer. Yeah, it's almost like Valley Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, so she then punches him over to keep and blast doors close on him. He's like, oh ah. Uh, no, stop, stop. I have a master's degree. Oh, I love that fucking Ezra just gets the door closed on him. Can we keep Alex? That's what I'd like to know. She's the best. What if, ooh, ooh, can I just say alternate theory? At the end, Ezra dies. Alex mm-hmm. just adopts a life you. wearing Ezra's mask. Mm. And she goes off into the sunset with Arya. Can we ditch the Ezra mask? It's just, it's just uh, Alaria. It's just Arlex. Alaria? Arlex. Alaria. Mm-hmm. Okay. Arlex goes off into the sunset with Arya. Alaria, happily ever after. So, but the doors close on him and shut him up. So Alex smirks, wanders over to Spencer's cell. And Spencer's like, look, he's right. You don't have to do this. Hey, you became AD because of Charlotte. I understand that. And my friends will too. Okay. They'll forgive you just like we forgave Mona. Which, <laughs> did you? Well, Twitter's like leaning against the cell door with one hand. The other's on her hips. Very sassy. And she just scoffs at the notion of the liars forgiving Mona. She's just like, sort of. So she's like, this isn't just about you wanting my friends. It's about Toby, isn't it? Which is where, which is where Alex should have been like, who? But no, she's like, he settled for Yvonne. We both know that. And now he's free to be with us. He was the one true love. Me. Hashtag like, tripod. Yeah. So then she's like, so then what's going to happen now? You just can't keep me here forever. Alex's like, of course I can. So cool shower, Alex likes talking to Spencer in her cell. So we can see Spencer's reflection in the glass next to Alex. Well, you know, this show has gotten a lot of shit somewhat deserved for their effects sometimes. Mm, mm. All the stuff with Alex and Spencer here is fucking flawless. So let's talk about the big ones. The big ones are 610. Like this shot we're looking at right now where we see them both in frame. Like Fantastic. God, it's it's yeah, six ten the CC outside of the green screen. Oh, the brew, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course the uh, out in DC in six eleven. Yeah. But the shot that Benji's talking about is there's one where outside Alex is just like leaning casually up against the cell, and so just inside talking. But yeah, the reflection, they you just see a little bit of like Spencer's hair, and then like you actually see Spencer like looking at Alex, like almost like a ghost. It's really over good. her shoulder. It's really fucking good. They fucking nailed all. I mean, I don't know if they like went and talked to the orphan black people or what, but like they they don't do it a ton. Obviously, like it's understandable. The show doesn't have a huge budget or anything, but like when they do their two shots, they get them both in this shot, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fucking for, both of them there. For all the people who are like, you guys have sold out. You praise everything the show does. Now, <laughs> fuck you. First of all, fight me. Secondly, there's somebody out there right now who started a theory that like they fucked up the effects in season six just so they can nail them here. <laughs> it's like, no, come on. So um, Alex is like, I do wonder, as we understand how TV budgets work, they they must have had to save up for this episode, I'm guessing. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. I like how you just looked at your uh, champagne glass. Or your champagne bottle and sneered at it right now because it's empty. Yeah, it's annoying. I know. Frankly, I have a glass that's on my full. Yeah, cheers. Oh, shit. Yours is really full. Uh-huh. I'm super jealous. Just getting started. Start drinking. I got a whole bottle of vodka if we need it. Just FYI. You want to follow champagne of vodka? Who is this monster? Who is this monster? So Alex says, and you have Mary to thank for that. She saved you at the blind school and she's saving you now. He's like, so that wasn't. So Spencer's only alive at Mary's request is the sound of it. Right? Like, like. Not so much requests, but actions. It sounds like Alex was at the blind school and maybe like 
Mary, like, I don't know, like pushed her out of the way as she was trying to shoot Spencer or something crazy like that. I don't know. But so the point is that Mary didn't know theoretically who Alex was at that point. Maybe. Yeah. Well, who knows? Mary. So she says, you know, she's saving you now. Spencer says, so it wasn't just Joel. Joel. Is that their <laughs> nickname? Joel. Joel. <laughs> I feel like we can do better than that. Yeah, probably. Uh, like Alaria. So like Nolena. That, yeah. that wasn't just Jenna and Noel. That was Arlex. you and Sydney. Alaria. Why are you fighting Arlex? Arlex is great. It's like it's like a fucking dude from Neverending Stories uh, horse or something. Because <laughs> I really like Alaria. They're both sci-fi fantasy heroine nicknames. Let's be honest. Okay. I mean, I'm saying Arson is certainly better than uh, what was it? Jaria? Jaria, Jaria is trash. I will, I will admit both Arlex and Alaria are great. But it just so happens. Alaria sounds like a disease you get. Don't worry. There's a pill for that. There's a couple pills for that. And also they inject something in your wiener. Go on. <laughs> so Alex is like, and you have Mary to thank for that. She saved you the blind school and she's saving you now. Spencer says, so that wasn't just Jenna and Noel. That was you and Sydney. Alex like, Sydney? <laughs> no, she was a one-off. Oh, she was stealing from a bank. I knew it and she fit the hoodie. But Jenna, no. She earned my respect. So Alex retreats to get the chair up against the wall to sit down in because it's story time when small details are about to come fast. We're just getting all kinds of shit here. Okay, so like, I'm going to have to slow us down for a little bit here. Mm. First of all, mm. Sydney was not at the blind school. Oh, my God. I feel like we can assume that Alex shot Spencer. Yeah. I think Marlena said that in an episode, but whatever. Yeah. Or in, not an episode, an interview, whatever. Um, Mary maybe like threw her aim off. I don't know. Mm. And then Alex says, see, Jenna recruited Noel to look for me because she was she knew that Charlotte had a sister and the Karasimi group was just the tip of the iceberg. See, Charlotte left me everything. And then she straddles a chair backwards. She's like really enjoying story time here. So Noel was hired by Jenna. Presumably, like he helped Charlotte fake her papers. Mm. So maybe that's why. Master Forger, Noel Khan. Yeah. <laughs> Still not sure how he fits into the dollhouse. It almost seems like maybe that was something that like Charlotte did to like tie him into it so he could never betray her or something like that. Like that's always been my impression is that like if you make Noel do this in the dollhouse, you guys are like you're linked at the hip. No one can ever betray the other person because there's video now. Okay, so you're saying is that he can't betray you because now he's got secrets, too. Yeah. He's got secrets, too. Or maybe they could have made a new video with Alex. I don't think that's the case because it doesn't seem like Noel ever met AD himself. That would be juicy if they had done more of those videos. Yeah. Like if Marco hadn't like rushed in and saved Spencer in the when she was attacked in her house. Mm-hmm. Also, apparently there's like a whole lot more money. She says the Karasemi group is just the ice, tip of the iceberg. So to me, that suggests that the Karasemi group is just maybe like the non-profit division of well, CC's empire. Well, remember like there was the whole group like shuffling stuff up into a van and moving mm-hmm. shit. Um, it really seems like you you get a sense that Charlotte, she came to a point where she felt like she wanted this uh, emotional catharsis and the only way was to reveal herself. In order to do that, she like had a bunch of shit boxed up and packed off so they would have a bunch of evidence. The bomb was never real, right? Well, so two theories. 
one is she's pulling a full on like uh, Moriarty at the end of Sherlock season two. Sure. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> as long as I'm alive, you know, I gave you my number. As long as I'm alive, you don't have this like bang. Or like I said, the bomb is not real. And it's like, hey, everyone, plan B is execute when I push this well, button. As we're going to find out in just a bit, she already knew Archer at this point. So she already has a setup waiting for her mm-hmm. to it'll it'll take a while it's a long con but she'll be able to get out later yeah is it weird that we are almost an hour into this movie and we're about to see the fucking like flashback of archer dunhill with rick that we've seen in the previews i don't think that's weird all right mm-hmm. um so spencer's like so jenna wanted money and alex is like well, she was desperate for one last chance to say she didn't know who I am, but I offered. She offered me to help me, and I, I kept my promise. I paid for her surgery. She's still blind as a bat and useless to me. <laughs> Alex finds that 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 all quite amusing. So she's like, "What about our queen, Sarah Harvey? Was well, she so, looking for you too?" Real quick, Jenna here. So the end game, Jenna read about right mm-hmm. a little brill thing. Probably just about like the game board and how like if Jenna helped, she'll get some money for her eyes. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. I guess we can assume that. But yeah. End game. What about Sarah Harvey? She was looking for you too. Alex scoots closer because I feel like she finds the ballad of Sarah Harvey, Sarah Harvey, especially hilarious. As do I. She says, well, Charlotte told Sarah that she hid her greatest treasure in the Radley and Sarah thought she was talking about some pot of gold. But what she meant was that file you found. You see... All Charlotte ever won was a family. Which poor, poor Cheryl Harvey. I don't think I've made it a secret that I fall into this beautiful magical pot of uh whenever Dre Davis does like Instagram live videos, which Oh, they're amazing. Oh man, pull up a chair, call in sick to work, and just enjoy those. What I especially love is that she did one of her, I don't know, what do they call them? Instagram stories. Uh-huh. Where she's walking and she's chatting, she's you know, in the streets of New York, and she's like, I haven't actually seen the episode because I don't watch a lot of TV. Sorry. And then, like, the next day, there was some article or interview of her where it was like, ooh, what does Dre Davis think about the finale of PLL? And I'm like, I don't even want to click on it because whatever <laughs> manufactured answer she's just said on the streets of New York, I haven't actually watched it. Mm-hmm. Well, so shower here. She's digging around under the rally all that time. She's looking for some, like, money or, you know, mm-hmm. literal, like, hidden treasure chest or something mm-hmm. like that. She has no idea there's nothing to be found. I found the Ark of the Covenant. R.I.P. Shower, man. God, my beautiful shower. The whole time, she just, she had no idea. Which makes her conversation with Mona, like, in that alleyway, so much more interesting. So, do, you, do we think Noel killed her or Alex did? That This would have been a great flashback. I mean, first of all, just to see Shower again. Mm-hmm. But, like... Let's let's lose a little bit of the new liars. Mm-hmm. Let's get some more flashbacks with like some returning cast members that we know and love. Proven success stories like Shower Harvey. Alex perhaps shooting Spencer. Mm-hmm. Shower's death. Like she opens the door and it's fucking Spencer. And she's like, what? You know? Oh my God. Oh no. Yeah. Ren's death. I yeah, we don't need Ren's death, but whatever. No. Maybe some more stuff with Nolcon. Um I I know there's like budget and availability issues and whatnot, but ah man, like we could lose some fucking new liars and, and, and add some stuff to this episode, I feel like. Which is, what if what if you had like the what the fuck moment where like somebody takes off their Mission Impossible style mask to find Sarah Harvey's face underneath? And you're like, what the fuck? And then she pulls off that mask. Mm-hmm. 
So then, yeah, flashback to an airport in La France where Charlotte and Archer Dunhill are deplaning together. She's wearing her like crazy big hat and sunglasses and fur her, coat. Her Carmen San Diego look. Yeah, from when she left Allie in S5V1. Uh, presumably, this is like her arriving in Paris here at the other end of the flight. Mm-hmm. And Archer is just like, that was by far, because he's doing the British accent, the fastest transatlantic flight I've ever taken. And you're the most charming woman I've ever been charmed by. It's more like, that was by far the fastest transatlantic flight I've ever taken. Just full Kermit, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like, British oh, Kermit. Archer, I'm sure you say that to all the girls. And he chuckles. He's like, no, I do not. And uh, he, he turns. He's got to stop in front of her to get real. And he's like, Charlotte Drake, I'll be calling you. And I'm not just going to wait three days. I'll ring you tomorrow. I guess the in-flight movie was Swingers. Let me, <laughs> you pretty baby. Let me try this one more time. Charlotte Drake, I will be calling you. Um, he kisses her hand like a gentleman. I enchanté, mademoiselle. And she's like, au revoir. I I like these two actors a lot. I love Vanessa Ray. Again, follow the deep hole that is Vanessa Ray's awesome Instagram stories. And I like uh, Hugh Collins, but uh, chemistry-wise, thus begins. The dullest con man ever. Yeah. It's, it's, hey everyone, it's Rick, the squarest, boringest con man ever. Well, it's yeah. like, I don't know, maybe it's because she had like four hours to film this and that was it. It's like, I'm not feeling it. Uh, it's not, it's not golden. It's not yeah. It's not the screen. It just doesn't exactly feel like He's the greatest romance like, ever told. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then he grins, backs away, which, first of all, bro, you follow up right now. There was some passion in there. Well, uh, Charlotte meeting Archer at this point, it makes sense. It's how she was able to reveal herself and get caught. Like she had this ace in the hole. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there'll be a long con. We'll move the doctor in that I need to. He'll cure me and then I'll get free. Right. Years later. Yeah. yeah. So after he's gone, Charlotte's cell phone rings. She answers and Charlotte's like, is she here? I mean, it's like free rent for five years. Right. I mean. At the, uh, at, at, the, the at the, the Weldy. Yeah. Free rent is that how you view it? That's how I view it. Yeah. So for a guy who loves pain and wants to like have uh-huh. things done Go to on. him, yeah. How about after we finish this podcast, you check yourself in for a psych eval? I'd just like to say, like, like seventy-two hour hold. Some certain characters end up somewhere at the end of this episode. I feel like it's not the worst place they could be. All right. So announcing our Kickstarter. Where, for the highest donors, you can keep Benjamin Light trapped in your closet or wherever. You got to feed me. You got to give me a bucket. That's You all also have to keep him glamorous. Sure. Yeah. Um, and and uh, don't be afraid to get in there. Just really get in there. Give him the business with some hand stuff. And also, all the holes mm-hmm. are on the table. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you his address. Six. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> so- I can... I can- I can wave the petty, but I prefer the Manny. Yes. Anyway, uh, so, so Charlotte's cell phone rings. She answers and she says, is she here? Anyway, cut to Ren, standing by a window in his flat, as they say in London at night. And Ren says, yeah, her plan just landed. She's waiting for you at the, in the bar. Ooh. Yeah, that's rough. Mm. And Charlotte says, and how do you know that she's my sister? So he's like, her na- mm-hmm. <laughs> Her name's Alex Drake, just like her, her birth certificate she found in your mom's Redley file. 
Charlotte's like, I found. I guess they just took that out of the Riley file later. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Charlotte's like treasure Sarah Harvey never found. Charlotte's like, I found twelve Alex Drakes. I'm not related to any of them. Has anyone seen a treasure chest round? No. Okay. I like how they imply that Alex was the one who then patched up the hole, so that poor Sarah with her fucked up hands didn't have to. This is really weird because it probably took Sarah like fourteen hours to climb down that goddamn ladder. Uh Um, Ren's like. Yeah, well, wait till you see her. Um, so Charlotte glances around the gate looking for someone, but Alex is nowhere to be seen. And Charlotte's like, do we really look that much alike? And Ren's like, she looks a lot like someone, just not you. Mm. So some people move out of the way. And there's Alex sitting at a table looking absurdly shaftastic in a leather jacket, big hoop earrings, her hair all spruced up in a big poof. She just looks, God, such a, just a British dork is the best way I can describe it. Beautiful British story. She's got a fucking chip tooth and everything. Yeah, like, she does. The makeup and the wardrobe really nailed it here. Like the like, hair is all fucked up. It yeah. doesn't look like we're looking at Troy in here. It looks like some weird British person. Yeah. And thus Benjamin Light reveals what he thinks of all you Brits. So um, Alex is like, Charlotte. And Charlotte on her phone's like, oh my God. So Alex gets up. We can see that she's got her like short, cheap gray dress on, high stockings, that chip tooth. Great wardrobe, great wardrobe and makeup here. And Randolph Twins like, it's crazy, Rod. They're identical. And Charlotte's like, twins. And Alex smiles her big, goofy smile. She's so happy here. And flashback. Well, this is like Alex before she became obsessed and everything went south, I feel like. Well, like, oh, okay. So when she was younger, she had problems. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, let's... she made it as a bartender and a human being for a while until Ren mm-hmm. fucked up her life. True, true. Yeah, let's let's move a little through here because I want to talk about that. Uh, so we end the flashback. We come back to Alex smiling at the memory of her old dorky self there. <laughs> she's she's kind of meaner now. She's more calculating, even as she's wistful here. And she says, once we started talking, we couldn't stop. I can't do this accent right now. You go. We walked the streets of Paris until the sun came up. It felt like we'd known each other our whole lives, like before sunrise. So she looks away. I'll see a brief, brief, big breath coming well, out of can, that memory. You can see the, the pieces are falling into place now for Spencer. The puzzle pieces. Yeah, Alex having known Charlotte. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Alex uh, so like, Charlotte met Archer on that plane. Those two started one of the greatest love affairs I've ever seen. He adored her. So she's like, so he was on the 18 too? No, that's Tony pulled off Allison. No, that was all him. He found Mary and convinced it was all that Charlotte would have wanted. It probably was. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. So she kind of scoffs. It's <sighs> like, yeah, that's what he would have wanted. Uh, it's like, she loved him. But before she came back to Rose, the four of us, Charlotte and Archer, Ren and me, we did everything together. But Charlotte missed the game. So she frowned, still bitter about this. We get the flashback. Okay, before we jump into the flashback, I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. Um, the timeline is totally fucked. All this like deep bonding that the four of these. This is between 501 and 505, right? Um, right? Maybe. That's when she comes. That's when Charlotte comes back and well, blows up Toby's house. Okay. You could. So it's, it's the endless November. Right. Unless you could maybe make an argument that maybe like this wasn't until CC went back to London and Paris after Christmas. Like there's there's kind of a gap there of three months or so. Like, mm-hmm. well, where, where Mona was dead, killed, slash kidnapped, and in the dollhouse. But who the fuck is feeding her? Uh, she'll shower in charge for four months or something, you know? Here's your slop. Yeah. 
I maybe I feel like you can hand wave that. You'd be like, okay, maybe so you have you have two potential yeah, finite windows. Of time. Yeah, the endless November and whatnot. Um I think Marlene forgot to let us know in this episode that Ren was working for Charlotte, like low key the whole time. Because mm. it if you can kind of intuit that from this episode. But well, it's also not, the phone call between Melissa and Hannah in the bathroom. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that first of all. But like Ren, he calls Charlotte to let Charlotte know about her sister. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to say that like, oh, yeah, by the way, Ren and Charlotte were friends or anything like that. Like we can kind of, like I said, intuit that and guess that from the episode. But it almost feels like they forgot to tell us that, oh, yeah, by the way, this whole time they were working together. I mean. I feel like you could have gone a little bit deeper on that. I was just thinking, we unfairly get compared to another podcast about two guys examining a show primarily devoted to and concerning women. And I want to ask, because I don't know a lot about podcasts in general out there, have has any show tried to pick apart, or has any podcast tried to pick apart a show and these micro granular details like we have. I'm only like a third of the way down here. Okay. okay. So the timeline makes no sense. Melissa's encounter with Hannah in S6E17. Spencer's trip to Europe in S5E21 and E22. Ooh, bloody hell. Toby going to Europe at the end of season four, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Ran into Melissa with Ren there. And growing all that hair. Mm-hmm. A lot of hair. Yeah. If Ren... Alex, Alex's true love ever since they met sometime between S4E10 and S5 one how was he also dating and living with Melissa at the end of season 5 at the end of season 4 during the time jump like that that call from Melissa that broke them up it makes no goddamn so, sense so a few episodes ago I posited like oh gee <laughs> which of the liars is who and closer so now let's look at these four. Obviously, Ren is Jude Law. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Argue, uh, make the argument that Alex, who's, who's Alex, is Natalie Portman. Who's uh, Clive Owen? I'm guessing it's it's Rick. Ezra, Rick. Because I'm a fucking caveman, aren't I? Like a fist wrapped in blood. I'm keeping my shoes on because I think you're going to leave me. And then Charlotte's like, "We do all the things that people do." Back you, but sweeter. This is my. I, I feel like this. If if I were to offer a criticism of Marlene, this would be my biggest criticism. She doesn't seem to really respect the established continuity. And this was <laughs> this was the same issue that we had with S six E ten in in the CC reveal. It's like she kind of parachutes in for the finale, and whatever has been established already like she doesn't even bother to like hand waste the lines like you could have had alex mention something about like ren being obsessed with melissa or or whatever like something in there to be like this kind of you know like don't look at it too closely but this sort of explains how he could have been melissa at the same time doesn't even bother with it and instead it's like ren met alex after he broke up with melissa in london and like it's just conflicting like the continuity doesn't make sense anymore mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that hard to maintain the timeline uh it's like she just doesn't care which is frustrating because it, i feel like it's one thing to never tie up a loose end like like we never found out about a lamb 
or what was in the barrel. I can live with that. But like when you violate your like internal timeline continuity, it's just like, uh, why you didn't have to do that. You could have hand waved it, you know? Do you think that this stuff here with these four, uh, the fab four here, the faux four, like is the biggest issue or, um, wouldn't you still go back to, uh, the biggest joke of all Bethany young, well, so all that stuff it's i feel like it's part of the same sickness or, or whatever you want to call it because it would it would make a ton of sense if you said hey ren met alex after he broke up with melissa and you're like oh cool yeah that that checks out but they still want to be like no no, no. like alex met charlotte and they had like a whole thing together mm-hmm. but like in order to do that there's all this like continuity you're violating and they're just like eh and, you know, Marlene just like brushes right past it. It's the same thing with Bethany Young, where it was like, hey, it would be convenient if like Charlotte and Bethany Young were friends. And this is where they killed Marion. It's like that totally doesn't work with the timeline because Marion should be much older. Mm. And they were just like, eh, this would be good for Charlotte's, uh, you know, character development. So we're right. just going to do it anyway. Right. And it, it just it drives me nuts because Ren couldn't leave her, couldn't leave Melissa until. I think it's she said in the the thing it's a year after uh game over Somet- Charles sometime within the time jump. It's like yeah. a year later mm-hmm. Hannah's in London. Yeah. And Ren's left her in the whole Melissa the bathroom, the bathroom drinking and the and it's like, get my blood sister on the phone. It would require a few more lines of dialogue to hang a lampshade on and smooth over. And instead they're just like, "Yeah, never mind." Which I just you're a mystery show. You can't violate your own continuity like that. Like you got to hand wave it because it's also implying that. So in this conversation in the airport bar, um, Alex has met her long lost half sister, mm-hmm. half sister, full sister. Well, who are you talking about? Alex and Charlotte. Sure. Half yeah. sister. Cause uh, Ted's Charlotte's father, half sister. It's like, oh my God, we're we're half siblings. We look nothing alike. Your dad's super lame. My dad's Peter Hastings. Holy fuck, you've had this crazy story. I've had, you know, a slightly less interesting and storied history. Um, you've been doing what now for the past endless November? You've been psychologically torturing and like ontologically manipulating these like well, the, random girls. I guess the thing is, is that, that sounds like that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. What we get in this episode makes a ton of sense um the the timeline that's presented to us here i feel like checks out and i th- feel like it's more or less the same with the 610 reveal right like that all connects in and lines up together it the problem is that there have been previous episodes that violate this right and it's just like could you not have found a way to square this all together as you take a selfie of us right now Could you could you not find a way to have Rend, you know, something, something. He was dating Melissa for a while. Alex like got him to break up with her or like have an affair. Whatever. I don't know. Give me a couple lines of dialogue to at least square it away. I think you're hitting all the points. Can I can I try to sum it up in one sentence though? Sure. When Alex's story is solved, it's very soft indeed. But when it's loud, it's bloody loud indeed. <laughs> anyway. Flashback. I don't even remember where the fuck we left off. Yeah. Oh, I like Alex that. and Charlotte are having a pint at the old pub, <laughs> pub, and Alex is not happy. He's even chabbed up his notes. <laughs> Gotta chab up my notes. 
just to make sure you get the tenor of this British conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Charlotte, she still has on her like really bad Vivian Darkbloom wig, uh, which I guess she just wore the entire time she was like in Europe and London. And uh, Alex is like, <laughs> why are you giving them so much power over you? And Charlotte's like, I, I, I got to say, I do feel like my accent's getting better the drunker I get right now. Hey, I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, we're going for dessert after this, so I really hope you're just doing doing the accent the whole way through dessert. <laughs> Well, Charlotte, right now, you know, you have two scoops while everyone else gets one, please. And that's for the person who asked me, me, not to do political tweet or political mm, comments. Yeah, Charlotte says, "I am the power." Don't you get it? Which, like, Charlotte, just very casually, a total fucking megalomaniac here. <laughs> and Alex is like, "No, I don't." <laughs> and Charlotte says, "I won't be gone for long. I promise." And Alex says, then "Let me come with you." And Charlotte just kind of grimaces at this. And Alex is like, please, come on. I want to meet her. And Charlotte says, no, you are to stay as far away from the Hastings as possible. They're terrible people, terribly awesome people. Mm-hmm. And Alex just kind of slumps back in her seat, dejected. And she's like, yeah, are you sure you're not just keeping her from her, keeping her for yourself? And Charlotte's like, don't be jealous. She's just a doll to me. Meaning she's just a body to me. Yeah. Alex just kind of sulks and drinks a pint and charlotte says i have to go i'm gonna miss my flight wait i'm sorry could you could you in sure. scenes? okay so this is later right this isn't like their first meeting okay yeah so the fucking, so this is uh what is charlotte let's say wearing here? let's say sometime in april of like 2011 or whatever that was so you're thinking that she's zipping and zagging back and forth s5e so, 14 i'm guessing you know who i miss i miss latoya and PLL annotations oh yeah we could use so, that so like uh <laughs> so what you're saying is at some point maybe Alex was the one who took Charlotte to like Rudel or whatever and France was like, There you go, here's a perfume that's called Baby Hooker. Shout out to Heather Hogan, yeah. Baby sex worker. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Heather Hogan line. That's so Heather sorry, Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, so uh uh Charlotte's like I have to go and miss my flight. In a wider shot, we can see Charlotte's wearing what Charlotte's wearing now, some kind of like insane leather half cape jacket what with molded shoulders what is this outfit it's this weird like half cape business with like, like shoulder pads gray and black i i love vanessa ray more than any other human being alive except for maybe you know this her is actual not the, spouse but like not the greatest wig. ugly outfit not the greatest wig let's yeah. be real well like she looks like she's about to like fly back to her home planet of krypton it just and fuck with baby kal-el it's like we have Vanessa, also, Alex looks gorgeous. We have Vanessa Ray for two hours. Throw that fucking wig on her and put her in front of a camera. It's like what this feels like. Let's you get know? some duct tape and some like trash bags yeah. and make a dress out of it and drape her in it. Uh, uh, so Alex says, uh, no, I'll drive you because uh, Charlotte's leaving here. And Charles just sighs. She's kind of wincing at her little sister because that's, that's not going to happen. And she says, it'll be too hard to say goodbye to you. Which I'm doing now. Yeah, so uh, they hug and they hold each other close and Charlotte's like, oh, I almost forgot. She pulls away and she gives Alex this kind of square package that's very thin, uh, wrapped in butcher paper and twine. She says, it's my favorite. I love you, Alex. Well, I'll take care of you. And she smiles at Alex and she turns away to leave. Alex just stands there, kind of overcome by this departure. In the background, we see there's like a framed painting of a Union Jack on the wall. Let us know this is London, of course. 
And outside through the window, Charlotte kind of watches Alex and she smiles and leaves. It seems like this is almost a visual callback to the first time CC met the liars. I don't know. Like something about her looking through oh, the yeah, window. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So back inside the pub, Alex unwraps a gift and we see it's an old vinyl album of Petsy Klein's greatest hits. I hope Alex has a, an old uh, you know, LP uh, album player or whatever. Otherwise, it's like a really rude gift. Here in Mariel, we actually listen to Dusty Springfield, so... I don't even have a CD player. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this, right, In it? You never heard of MP3, you wonky old American bitch? Um, so, yeah. It's um, kind of funny, though. It reminds me that when I, when I moved away uh, halfway through high school, I gave away vinyl records as a gift to my friends. Okay. Do you remember? No. Do you remember the record I gave you? No. Sorry. You unsentimental ignorant slut <laughs> that's all true yes um so this is what the patsy line patsy klein music is about what did you give me let me guess uh, a little sweet baby james baby mm-hmm. okay all right literally that album mm-hmm. do you remember what i gave do you our, remember do you remember, right thank you for guessing yeah this emotional connection do you remember what i gave our friend anthony no you were there oh, wait I've, i i'm 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 feeling through the the cosmic There was ethos. a callback to it Kenny, in this episode. Kenny Loggins? Nope. No? In this episode, there was a callback right, to I, something I don't related. Know, then. Nobody knows what we're talking about. We'll go on. There's a Barbara Streisand album. Oh, she's wearing a Funny Superman Girl? t-shirt. No. I don't actually remember the name of the album, but mm. she has Superman, Supergirl, Superman t-shirt mm-hmm. on the cover. Five for Fighting? Yeah. Five for Fighting? They have like a Superman song, don't they? Google it. Who has the thing on the bingo, Guys, the I'll, bingo sheet where I secretly, silently judge him? We still have like... I'm not, we I'm still not doing it so silently right now. 30 minutes to go right now, man. 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes, sure. It'll be three hours. Um, oh, boy. And flashback. So, <laughs> is it just me or is Charlotte kind of a bad sister here? <laughs> I mean, maybe this is so somewhat... sister? This is somewhat informed by seeing how much of a faker she's been. You know, by 719, obviously, it, everything was a con to her. I feel like we can intuit from the, that episode, right? Mm-hmm. It did. It never meant as much to her as they thought it did. You know, her whole emotional connection with Allie was all kind of bullshit. Um, and here with Alex now, like, it seemed like Alex and granted, we, we you know, we, we, we get limited flashbacks here, so we don't know what her life was like. But it seemed like Alex was happy. Like she's working at a bar. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the greatest life one could have, but Word. she was not obsessed or consumed and mad like she is now. Mm-hmm. And then Charlotte just fucking peaced out on her here to go harass the liar some more. Like it's like a really bad example for your little sister. <laughs> Am I wrong? Like I feel like it's interesting because I. I think you could look at Charlotte and I was thinking about this while I was editing just Doherty's interview that we did. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I wish I thought of this at the time to kind of follow up on, cause I didn't want to put words in his mouth, but it kind of seemed like they were coming from per- perhaps an older generation generation perspective of like, look at the terrible things the patriarchy and society is doing to Charlotte, which is not the same way somebody that's younger would interpret that they're saying like, why are you making this transgender person evil? You know, it's like two different perspectives. Right. They both are trying to be virtuous, but they're just not on the same page, you know? Right. Um, 
And so you have Charlotte being, you know, this this crazy villain that we that we're presented with. And Alex, like Charlotte, everything about her was kind of informed by her upbringing and all the terrible things that happened to her. She's seemingly tortured and electroshocked and all this like crazy stuff happened. Mm -hmm. That kind of created the the A, basically, the A character, you know. Whereas with with uh, Alex here, she seems fine. She she had a really presumably a bad upbringing. She went to an orphanage, Mm -hmm. rough life. Ended up as a bartender in Essex or London or wherever, but she was seemingly fine, right? As much as one scene can tell us. And it wasn't until she met Ren and then through him, her sister, mm-hmm. that it all went south for her. Like if she hadn't met Charlotte, if she'd met maybe Spencer instead, this wouldn't have happened the same way that it did. Oh my God. The what if, if mm-hmm. she had met Spencer first? Holy shit balls. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and, and we don't know, like maybe this sort of always, you know, come out the same way because Alex had some kind of issues of that were going to come out eventually, you know, I think I just, we try not to comment on the interviews while we're doing the interviews. I just want to say how much fun the Joseph Doherty interview was for us because Joseph is such a charming, great, funny, smart guy and the way he put so much thought into stuff and he basically just made himself completely available to us and i don't know it just i couldn't tell you i don't know if it was shown in our interview how much fun we had talking to him but like well hearing about the corruption arose what i feel like was like a, a but revelation just, yeah. but just like just he's like he stopped and he thought and he's like okay here's here's some stuff here's what i'm thinking here's where i'm at on this you know here's my my full my personal thoughts on it but yeah i think like I tried to fumble with saying it's about representation. I think you're right though. I think it's about where they're coming from. I think he has a very interesting perspective and it kind of fits in some stuff we were talking about with another venture was like, what does this trauma do to you? I think it's, it's the sort of thing where you, you put it on a scale, there's the intentions and then there's the, the feelings and reactions of the target demograph, I Mm -hmm. guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And no matter like the intentions are great and all they don't mean nothing but they don't balance out right. you know like you you could have thought like oh man this is such a great story for transgender people but ultimately if the transgender people don't think it's a great story then hey man that's that's who you were talking to and you right. gotta you gotta respect their opinion you and, know and, and uh, you know a certain point <laughs> it's a hard for so many of us look at the u.s government right now uh, but the straight white patriarchy has to get used to that, and they have to yeah. understand that like representation and what feels like equality to us is different for other people. But I mean, I remember on this podcast when we got to Ari and Ezra yelling at each other in that ski lift, mm-hmm. and you finally felt like the shackles were off, where you could talk mm-hmm. about representation and an intention versus actual execution. And I think for me personally, that was the time because after. Jesus Christ, three and a half, four seasons, almost four and a half seasons of uh, halfway through four, season four, where you're like, no, 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 that's a spoiler. Even though you and I watched it, we <laughs> yeah. can't go into it. And I just felt so kind of like shoved down the well. And you were like, finally, we can start talking about some of the shit that's always been there. Because that was the interesting thing about us. We couldn't talk about a lot of the Ezra shit for a long time because it kind of fed into spoilers because of 
the book. Well, it was, like it was hard things. to address it without acknowledging that yeah. Ezra knew her the whole time. So yeah. I think one of the interesting things about Joseph Jory talking about sensibilities and the things that shape us and form us. And he talks about how like, well, a lot of the things that I initially balked at were stuff that gave the show more life, and more mm-hmm. longevity, <laughs> like a book written about one of the characters. Um, anyways, I don't remember where we left off. And flashback? Yeah, we're in, in the flashback. Alex is saying mm-hmm. she never came back from London. And the next time I saw her, I was visiting a grave. And her voice is really rough and broken right now. It's full of regret. And Spencer kind of, I think Spencer kind of, she reads the room. She adopts a softer tone here on the other side of the glass. And she says, Alex, why do you think she never wanted us to meet? Uh, she means Charlotte there. And Alex kind of wipes her eyes and stands up, stands up to face Spencer. And she says, well, I was thrown away like trash. And Charlotte saved me. She trusted her when I told her. I'm sorry. She trusted her when she told so me. I trusted her. You do it. Whatever. So I trusted her when she told me that you were toxic. We've been drinking, folks. Give us a break. So, yeah, she pounds a fist on, on the glass. The word toxic. So her back's away startled. Alex is once well, again. Well, this is another turn from Alex where mm-hmm. she goes from seemingly normal, I guess would be the best way to put it, to like suddenly like. It's like yeah basically there's no other way to put it like suddenly like lethal yeah Mm -hmm. she's like story time's over she puts the chair away back to her cold and cruel demeanor so she's like wait wait so i'm still alive because i'm your sister but what's that going to happen to ezra alex's like well he's not family so amazingly gifable evil troyan fart face here but it's but she's talking about ezra so it's really more of a shark face well, the, the fact that she's a casually implying Ezra's murder just makes it so much better. Um, Spencer pretends to feel bad about this death sentence for Pedo McFuxic here. And Alex just like goes over to a keypad to punch some buttons. And she's just like, enjoy his company while you can. And the blaster is open. Ezra's still there inside his room. Uh, he's kind of sitting on his bed. It's funny, I I wrote sulking, but it auto-corrected to sucking. I feel like both of those are valid. Um, do you think you heard all that? Do you think you heard all that? He's like, well, actually, because I'm a, I'm a man, let me just point out, Petter McFuxick would be a great porn name. Mm-hmm. Actually, my father was Mr. Petter McFuxick. <laughs> Call me Ezra, please. Uh, so he seems to have not really knows the doors are opening for like an extra second, and then he stands up alarmed. I really feel like Ezra just seems to be like, uh, Tell me again, when she said I wasn't family, what kind of face did she make? Was she unsure, maybe? And Spencer's like, it was like she farted, but it was a weak fart without any power behind it. Or there was some poop attached, like you're going to get pink eye, so it was a shart. Yeah, and that was a that was a weak shart. That was your only hope of living. It, it was like, <laughs> so sorry. It's just like, I don't mean to correct you're telling me how I'm going to die. But it's actually a pedophile McFuckstick. I'd like to direct you to the definition of pedophile. That's clearly not me. Oh, we've gotten a few of those tweets, yeah. Oh, so, uh, just stop. yeah, cut to the Radley at night again. You get a nice, uh, Let's talk about this nice shot. It's in a long fucking night here, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk like, about this ship. Inside, we see Allie and Emily are asleep. As Marco pets my display, uh, they're like on the Allie, screen, folks. Allie and M are a we call it a display. Uh, 
Allie and Emily are on a fold-out bed on the couch, and Alex, aka Spencer, or whatever, you know what I mean, standing behind them, just watching them coldly. How does Alex explain all her, like, ducking out to go have more chats with Spencer? Sorry, y'all, I gotta poop. It's a right nasty shit. I'll be back in <laughs> three hours. wings. You know what I'm talking about, Emily? Back me up here, wink. I'm in a real hole. Caleb, back me up here. I feel like they there was a cheat they could have used here. Mm. Number one, you should have moved this way to the front of the episode. So mm. you're getting this in the in the first half of the episode. Number two, like maybe they find Alex's diary or something. Just like let's move us along a little bit while we can still have Alex like interacting with the liars here while we we get the necessary backstory like spencer's just like reading along or something query yeah in her diary when alex is writing and like say she says uh the word having like yeah. we're having a laugh it, does she chop off A-V-I-N-G. the h yeah <laughs> we're having a laugh and they're like holy shit it's like an urban welsh novel <laughs> it's all this like phonetic english garbage yeah so alex uh, by the way almost three hours of us recording but it's fucking five hours right now five hours don't feel forget i restarted our recording yeah oh shit i know hey people ask for it they're fucking getting it i hope you're happy take your fucking medicine yeah so alex leaves emily and ali alone she walks down the hall to the suite in the bedroom her face is so still and dispassionate right now like a terminator as we keep saying evil troyan not disappointing at all right Mm -hmm. now she's fucking owning it Mm -hmm. So we see in the bedroom, Alex climbs into bed next to a sleeping Arya. Hannah's asleep on Arya's uh, other side there. And Alex just kind of snuggles in close to the shisher. Gently brushes the lock of Arya's hair out of her face while she sleeps. And Alex kind of whispers and she says, I think you and I are going to be the closest of all. Uh, It's just, it's the perfect amount of creepy and tender, you Mm. know? That's Um, sexy. Yeah, as Alex just watches her sleep. I mean, if you're going to impersonate Spencer, you need to understand that like Team Sparia is the uber liar friendship, right? Yeah. Sorry, uh, whatever you call the Hannah and Emily one. Hannah Is that what it is? Hannah Lee? Hannah Lee, yeah. I, I, what is this like Continental Congress of ship naming? How do I get invited to this? Arthex. Valeria, I hear you. I, I understand your heart is crying out for Alaria. I'm sorry, but I think you mean Arlex. I actually mean Alaria. What was that supposed to be, Toby? Because he sounds like this. Um, I like that that uh, Aria, one half of Alaria, is wearing this like yellow sleeveless T-shirt that has like giraffe heads where there should be ribs. Yeah. Anyway, heads and necks. It's it's suddenly the next day, I guess. Uh, we're back at the ranch. Well, I think we area. skipped over the deleted scene, which is a flashback about how Charlotte sent Alex to the same monastery of evil where she went to, where everyone worships Pictunia. Sure, sure, yeah. So I uh, I just responded on Twitter to Carla uh, asking, <laughs> "You guys are obviously done, so where's the podcast?" Nah. Eh. <laughs> so I, I wanted to point to Carla in the you know inside baseball how the sausage is made that we're 20 minutes to go in the episode itself and that's like not counting like the fucking hour that's gonna be at the end yeah. after we finish yeah uh but carla i picked you because you had once tweeted us if i remember correctly um about how you saw pastor ted at a dodgers game mm. pastor ted slash whatever his name is for the guy from sequest dsv 
And so I remembered that. And is he from you. Sequest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. We get asked occasionally, why do you guys hate Pastor Ted so much? And I just like, isn't it obvious? I, I think it's all on the screen. Yeah. I think we left it all on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's why I picked you, Carla. But thank you for asking. So shall we? Yeah. It's the next day. Probably. probably. <laughs> We're back at this like ranch place where Spencer keeps her horse bashful. And Toby likes to hang out like a vagrant, sleep in the stables. Imagine him fighting the horse for like hay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Spencer, aka Alex, obviously, is dressed in riding gear. Her horse is inside the pen and he looks back at her as she enters through the fence gate. And Alex is like, hey there. What do you think the digital effects shot of Spencer's reflection in the horse's eye cost? Yeah, I wonder how they got that. Yeah. So th- this horse. It's a nice acting horse here. Uh, kind of slightly perturbed by Alex's arrival. Mm-hmm. Spencer keeps her, or Alex, you know, keeps her distance, approaching Bashful slowly. We can get like a little POV shot of the horse, like watching her edge closer. And Alex is like, hey, you know me, right? Yeah. Bashful ain't saying shit right now. Only talks to Toby. Yeah. <laughs> Bashful only talks to Toby. Hello, Toblerone. Uh, Alex says, yeah, of course you do. And Bashful just stares and turns his head and glares at her and Alex is like, good boy, good boy. She backs off. She's kind of whispering to the horse like this, like, like, like it's Toby. She's seducing basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes to get the saddle off the fence around. She's like, you're okay. You're okay. Come on. As soon as she tries to put the saddle on, nope, bashful ain't having it. He like rears up and nays and kicks his legs. Nah, he's not happy at all. And Alex kind of like scampers away. She's totally freaked out. Uh, she edges over to the gate in fear just as Toby comes running up from wherever he's been like sleeping and Toby's just like whoa easy are you okay and Alex is like yeah yeah um, it's fine she kind of ducks out of the gate almost hides behind Toby as uh, he closes it and Bashful's like stamping his feet he's pissed off and Alex is just like he's just he's just having a bit of a bad day best thing to do when it gets like this is to just walk away and then she just like runs away basically like best she can do is like not break off into a full sprint right now mm-hmm. toby's like easy and he's kind of looking back and forth between spencer and the horse now he's confused so this is where we're vindicated in all of our jokes because keegan allen tweeted if you're saying toblerone is as dumb as a horse <laughs> you're right but I, I guess Alex is going to have to murder this horse now because mm-hmm. this horse isn't expecting her, uh, accepting her as Spencer. Oh, my God. Off to the glue factory with you, Bashful. Imagine the Twinster sex scene of Toblerone where she's wearing a horse mask. Only it's not a mask. This horse is a really good actor. <laughs> Maybe the second best actor in the scene. What if I told you this horse is going to appear in the new Liar spinoff? Ooh. What if Alex got kicked in the head here? Kind of like in season five when Emily and Spencer almost got kicked in the head. Like Alex gets kicked in the head. She's a little brain damaged. She actually really believes she is Spencer now. She doesn't know that she's not. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like a beginning of season seven thing. I feel like, you know, yeah, yeah. season eight. Here we come. So then we cut to Arya and Ezra's loft where suddenly the search for Ezra is much more urgent. I feel like this is another moment where like we missed a scene. Somewhere in between. Because Allie's on the phone with someone. Uh, I don't know who it is. Maybe Hardy. And Allie's saying, I was wondering if you've seen Ezra. Uh, we haven't been able to get a hold of him. 
And we see Emily's going through some papers in a bin. Hannah's rifling through Ezra's desk behind her. And Emily's like, I'm not really sure what we're supposed to be looking for. What the fuck? And Hannah says, anything that doesn't make sense, like Ezra leaving Arya at the altar. Like suddenly they just decided that something's suspicious about Ezra bailing. Yeah. It's, but we didn't get that scene. It's strange. I somehow don't recall the guy who's about to show up in the episode at all. Davis David? Yeah. Okay. Why don't we get his full name? I don't know. Weirdly enough, there's a, uh, I, I want to say it's like some, some British dude is like involved in Brexit is named David Davis. Mm. I don't know if that's like a, a reference or what. Um, Highly political PLO. Yeah. What if <laughs> really I really into the British political scene? Yeah. <laughs> what if I told him? What if the French cop at the end is like David Cameron? No, uh, oh, I can't wait to get that French cop. <laughs> Let me just say I've prepared for his his uh, his scene. Yeah. Enchanté. Uh-huh. Um, what if I blew everyone's mind, told them that Davis, everyone listening, that Davis Davis is actually Benjamin Light? That's not true. <laughs> this is his cameo. I'm not that old. This is his real facial hair. So just then, the Duchess Arya stomps in. She's carrying a bag big enough to have her dismembered corpse stuffed into it. Her dismembered corpse? Sure. Okay. She's a small girl. Yeah. What do you call the twin of Arya? Cacophony. Future Arya. Yeah. <laughs> Arya says, yeah, or why he would leave town without his packed bag. Ooh. This is indeed curious. The other girls, like, it definitely feels like we miss a scene here. Mm-hmm. Like, why do they need to hunt down Ezra? Uh, just then, there's a knock at the door. No one is expecting anyone, so they all go over to answer. And Arya answers the door. It's fucking like lucky lindy the aviator here he's holding a drink platter with two wide glasses of champagne on it this is davis david he says mrs fitz he's like literally dressed like a 1920s airman it's full of pep aria's not in the mood she's like no i I, i'm not mrs fitz and emily kind of clears her throat like who are you and davis david says davis david of davis david hot air balloon rides and he kind of sets forward to hand Arya's business card. Arya frowns and takes the card to examine it. And Davis David kind of redirects his attention to Emily. And he's just like, are you Mrs. Fitz? And Emily's like, uh, no. And this really kind of harshes this guy's whole act here. But he's going to soldier on. He's like, well, uh, Ezra booked us yesterday to take him and his wife to kick off their honeymoon. And Arya's like, when yesterday? And he's like, Oh, uh, morning around uh, 10 o'clock uh, through the Radley Concierge. And Arya's kind of looking back at the others because that's pretty fucking weird. Hannah says, why would Ezra book a hot book you on a hot air balloon ride? If he, was planning, if he wasn't planning on marrying you. Arya and the others are really feeling this mystery vibe here. And they all look back at Davis David, who's got to be feeling really awkward right now. I wish he would stick around for the rest of the episode. He's like, so... uh. Should I go? Like later you on, still want the balloon ride? When everyone else shows up and they're like, like twins, and he's just like twins. That's weird. Monterey fucking Jack here. Yeah. What if I took you on the? No, the roads are too slow. How about we take a hot air balloon? <laughs> hot air balloon chase. Yeah. Cross town. <laughs> That's what this episode is missing. Blow all their budget on a hot air balloon chase. Or like the WD just a lot of like him like pulling on the fire. Yeah. With like the nine characters they have in it. I gotta be honest with you guys. Unless the wind comes up, we're just gonna go in that direction. <laughs> oh, the weight's too uh it's too heavy. We have to get to cast off someone. You, the funny looking guy with the big hair, you gotta go. Me, oh no. Let me just throw out you 
an alternate uh, an alternate man at the door here. Does it involve does it involve Davis David? Let's say it's still Davis David, but this time he's a male stripper singing telegram mm-hmm. and he's dressed up like a baby. He's got like the oversized diaper and bonnet on. And Ezra's like, I know we'll cheer Arya up. A baby male stripper. Yeah, that's right. When he whips off his diaper sexily, uh-huh. does he have like written on his body somewhere like it's not really the same, is it? And just Ezra, yeah. <laughs> this fucking guy, look at him. Yeah. Davis David. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, Marlene, follow your bliss. Like no one else would have thought of this kind of thing. Yeah, this is like straight out of like the fucking like end of Gilmore Girls, like the Netflix show where it's all fucking bonkers. Yeah. So uh, meanwhile, out on Town Square, Main Street, Rosewood, we see the from the church sign. There's a new pastor now. It's Larry Mims, whoever that is. Mm. And in the background, Veronica's law office is now Hastings and Hastings. Mm. Just the two. And uh, <laughs> sorry, Larry Reedman. Alex Drake posing to Spencer sitting on a bench in the front of the window there. And she's kind of like turned around looking inside, maybe just at her reflection in the mirror. She kind of touches her face there as we hear the door open. And we hear Jenna speaking as she walks out of uh, the law office there. And Jenna says, do you think it'll help? Because she needs to be stopped. And Alex kind of quickly goes back to pretending to look through some papers that she's got as her mom, Veronica, guides Jenna out of the office. And Veronica says, well... If nothing else, just the threat of a civil case could be enough to force her parents to accept some responsibility for Addison's actions. They're going to like sue Addison? Lame. The people versus Addison Derringer? Get out of our show? So, <laughs> when Allison said to her fiancé-to-be, we must know someone who knows someone who could like take care of this bitch. Veronica Hastings was not who I had in mind. Well, clearly, neither is the Jenna thing. Because <laughs> the Jenna thing is like, I don't know. Let's take some legal action against her. Jenna thinks like, I used to have no con for this, but then he fucking lost his head. <laughs> so Jenna says, thank you, Veronica. Veronica nods, looks over to Alex, who smiles at her. Veronica's like, everything okay? And Alex, as Spencer, is like, yeah, yeah. You're just a rock star, that's all. Her mom snorts at this. Because the Hastings would never dream of complimenting each other like that. Yeah, that's not how they operate. <laughs> So Veronica's like, well, you've never called me that before, but I'll take it. So she says bye to Jenna and walks back inside. Jenna slowly walks over past Alex and she's like, thank you for setting this up, Spencer. And Alex says, Spencer's like, yeah, I hope we can help. So Jenna gives her a fake smile and stops distracted. Takes a big sniff. And she's like, is that a new perfume you're wearing? And Alex is like, oh, it's called horsehair. I was at the stables this morning with Toby. Jenna's like, well, maybe you convince him to stay for a while. And Alex's like, yeah, I think I'd like to try it. Jenna's like, thanks again. And Alex's like, of course. So the fake Spencer walks back in the office. Jenna's suspicious as fuck now. So he- I feel like it's it's not just that Alex smells like AD, because, of course, Jenna mm-hmm. has met AD and right, we don't right. smell. Uh, it's that the real Spencer would never be so kind to Jenna. Right. Especially when like Toby comes up in conversation. Right. Like, no, something's wrong here. You're way too normal and and like chill about this. Yeah. Against me, his stepsister who raped him. Yeah. Um, so she whips out her phone, Jenna. The first of many. Yeah. Dictates to Siri and it's like, call Toby. She waits against an answer and she's like, Hi, Toby. Um, I know this may sound weird. Oh, it's Jenna, by the way. 
but I don't think Spencer Spencer. Oh shit! This is like probably like this is less than twenty minutes into the, well, they, the, the episode. Suddenly they're undone by Jenna Thing's nose and a fucking horse. I don't know. Like if Jenna, Jenna's necklace says love on it. I just saw. Oh yeah. If Jenna had called Allie, maybe it'd be more interesting because mm-hmm. they'd have then had to interact. Yeah, I don't know. Like for whatever reason, rather than having the liars figure it out, they're like, "What if some bullshit happens and like Toby puts it together?" You know. I I just I don't understand. Yeah, having Toby put it together and having Caleb hack the actual location just irks me. If it was something where they'd all been interacting with Alex slash Spencer at like a, a wedding reception. And it was like maybe Arya notices like the mushroom thing, mm-hmm. and Hannah notices something else, and Emily notices something else, and Al, you know, like and like maybe Mona's there, and because she's Mona, she would figure it out before the rest of them, and just be like, "I need to go," mm-hmm. you know, because that's what Mona would do. I'm just saying, throw it on an island and have something where there's like a five-way fencing duel on a stormy night overlooking the cliffs of the violent seas laughing against the rocks well something where they're all all the liars sand spencer are just having a conversation like that was weird because she did this earlier mm-hmm. it's like no wait a minute you know blah 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 earlier today the horse whatever like if they all kind of pulled their knowledge you know and like kind of got it but yeah if you're that would have, be more interesting to me if you're gonna have jenna called toby who then tells something to caleb who hacks his way to a location yeah you might as well have davis david fly them there in a hot air balloon yeah. Anyway, cut back to. Sorry, guys. You can only get there by believing. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it feels rushed right now. Like it doesn't need to be rushed. We could have cut out all that bullshit. At the start of now that we have four girls like like centered around Caleb at Erz's apartment, like uh, Erz's loft, like as he's like looking at his laptop, which is not what I want PLL to be. I guess sometime in the last six last uh, six years, he's learned not to mind all the crowding around him. Mm-hmm. So that used to bug him. Well, do you remember the um? guys are a little close and Spencer's like we're not that close and he's like i can tell you had a cheeseburger for lunch yeah and she's like oh so yeah the loft whatever caleb says i hacked into all his credit card accounts ezra hasn't spent a dime since he sent you that text aria he didn't buy gas he didn't rent a room or buy a plane ticket and aria's like so you think he's still in rosewood and he's like i just act as access his lojack on his car is and like tap 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 map comes up on the screen radley hotel 214 atticus lane i was like do you remember when the show was like low-key obsessed with the killing mockingbird oh yeah it yeah. still is but yeah yeah and caleb's like parked at the radley and in the background the door opens as ari gets out her phone kind of her despair is all gone now like it's looking less and less like ezra actually left her like something's amiss right mm-hmm. And Ari says, I'm going to send an SOS to Spencer. And then Toby off camera says, I wouldn't do that in strolls. Toby Poirot, he's cracked the case. Ari and Hannah both stand up eager for some answers. And Ari's like, why? What's wrong? And Hannah says, what is that? And she's asking about the small book that Toby's holding in his hands. It's the one that Spencer supposedly gave him an S7010. Mona me. Use your little gift. gray cells. And Toby says, Spencer gave me this the day that Yvonne and I were to leave town. And then she asked me for a goodbye kiss, which I felt was odd thing for Spencer to do. And Ari's like, okay, Toby, I'm sorry, but what does that to do with Ezra? Which is like an evergreen line for Arya. <laughs> and Toby's like, hold on. I have more sexual encounters with Spencer to cover. I didn't look at the book until today because I can't actually read. 
And he hands it to Arya, uh, who is just like, who the fuck cares about a book, basically? Co-author of a book, yeah. Yeah, and Toby's just like, it's not hers. It's not Spencer's. And it's like, I'm confused. Like, for a Toby, for a, uh, a former cop, Toby is really bad about laying out his case here. Like, you gotta start with your theory and then build your evidence, right? Do you remember the uh, that night where Toby stayed up late at work? Like, uh... Yeah, researching. Rick. This is what would always drive me nuts about the PLL theories. We're like, "Ooh, new PLL theory, click!" And yeah. you're like, "Just, just give me it at the top. Give me your, give me your TLDR, you know, and yeah. then I'll read the rest of your Don't theory." Don't bury the lead. Yeah, because the guy who only like conducts his investigation on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, so Toby's like, she was always writing down notes in that book. There's not a single one, one single note in there. And Arya's like paging through the little book. She's frowning. She's turning pages faster and faster. And Emily, Allie, and Caleb are all just kind of like thinking emoji through this whole scene because they don't have a whole lot of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And Han's like, okay, now I'm really confused. And Toby's like, well, what if twins run in the family? And Arya just stops and stares at him considering. I feel like this is where Caleb just needs to be like, that's a hell of a logical leap to make, Toblerone. Emily's just like, if Spencer had a twin... That would make sh- her Charlotte's half sister, and Caleb's like, it's someone who would with the motivation to be AD. Mm. That's some heavy shit for Emily to consider. And Allie's like, okay, are we really saying that AD is back? And Hannah's like, yeah, that she's Spencer's evil twin. And he's like, that's who's doing this to us. I feel like then Arya just needs to be like, Marlene, are you fucking real? And he's like, I mean, out of all the insane theories we jumped to. And we cut to a laptop screen where this conversation is all being watched via remote camera. And Emily on the screen is saying, Spencer having an evil twin has got to be the most insane. The camera pans away from the computer to show Simona Vanderwall. Of course, we haven't seen her in like an hour. She's listening in on all this, just chilling down the brew at the bottom. So like, what the fuck has she been doing from the moment she socked Spencer in the face to this? Uh, Researching, I don't know. They really arrive at Spencer is a twin fast here and are just yeah. like, sure. Yeah, let's go with that. It's uh I don't know why this part needed to be rushed. Like you there's so much fluff in this episode you could have cut to let's breathe more, you know? Yeah. yeah. And given more room to Davis David. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, Mona's like listening in and we hear Hannah off screen on the recording like, my head is going to explode. Mona looks at the ceiling, curious, pulls the Bluetooth earpiece out of her ear. She picks up the phone and dials and into the phone. She says, it's time for plan B. You need to tell me who you are and where you are. Which I feel like if you're watching this and you still suspect that Mona is like evil, what show have you been watching? Yeah, it's obvious that she's working for the liars here. Right, right. So after the commercial, Spencer's uh, back to picking the lock in her cell. Alex and Mary are arguing somewhere nearby and above them. Spencer shoots a glance at Ezra, who looks up listening. We hear, I wonder if like this is like part of the cut scene from earlier. The argument oh, that yeah, Spencer's supposed sure. to heard. But Mary off, off camera is just like, I won't, let, I won't let you do this. And Alex is like, shut up, mom. Well, is it me? Like, I don't know if it's been like five minutes or whatever since we saw Alex. And like, it feels really long. Yeah. They're like, oh, thank God we got back to the good stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. And Mary's like, I'm begging you, please. Well, it's something about Alex's line. She's like, shut up, mom. Like, it's just hilarious to me. Yeah. Ezra's like, come on, come on, Spencer. And Spencer's like, Ezra, I have done this before. I've got this. And he's like, okay, I'm just saying. 
I have an English degree. You want to use that to like pick a lock? <laughs> if you need my help. So he you know, satisfied at having slowed her down to a <laughs> Asajj's own anxiety. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, so cut to upstairs, where is Alex marching out of what looks like the house that Toby built? Um, which quote unquote upstairs. I haven't found that out yet. With Mary trailing behind her. Except the lighting looks a little phony, a little bit odd, like they're not really outside. And Mary's like, Alex, you promised me that you wouldn't hurt her. And Alex's like, No, I have to dispose of the proof, and I'm not gonna hurt her. She pauses next to another wall and senses a big red fire axe from its place next to this fire extinguisher. She hefts that axe up and turns around to face her mother with a demented smile. It'll be painless. Um, Harry's like, we can leave now and still get away. Let's take a mother-daughter trip to Europe. Something about that line cracks me up. It's just so like, we'll take a mother-daughter trip to Europe. Yeah. Um, Alex is in front of some kind of submarine door, like opened into a rock facade. Alex built herself like a goddamn Dharma hatch from Lost. And Alex's like, no, I'm not going anywhere without Toby. All right, I see it in his eyes. He's in love with me. Mary's like, he's in love with Spencer, not you. And Spencer marches right at Mary for Axe, full of rage. She's like, well, I am Spencer now. Oh, just that line is so great. Oh, I am Spencer now. Yeah. So uh, Mary tries to stand her ground and not show fear. And Mary's like, listen to me. I know what it's like to want something so badly that you start to believe that it's true. Do you understand? So Alex sulks. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. And she kapow punches Mary right in the nose, and Mary drops like a sack of tails. She drops like a bad habit. I know I shouldn't laugh, but there's something about Mary getting dropped by Alex that's just kind of hilarious. But she's like when she's on the ground, like you see the little red in her nostril. And <laughs> she's like, No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so she's out cold on the ground, bleeding from the nose. Alex stares scornfully at her for a moment before turning her back to her, back to the hatch to go to the commercial. After that commercial, the other liars, Sands, Spencer, and Caleb Toby are all sitting in Ezra's loft around the kitchen island, staring at has someone talking to them. Mona's here to solve all their problems. Now, you pointed out that she's probably wearing the Leslie Stone choker around her neck. like She's <laughs> she's got a choker with like a little opal in it around her neck. I just like to throw out the idea that maybe that's Leslie Stone. I like to think that in her pocket, Mona has a tiny little bag of hair. And that's where Leslie Stone's final resting place Ooh. is. You bag of hair. Yeah. So Mona's like, Ren came to Welby to kill me, but I convinced him I could help get Mary out of prison. Okay. What was this like three days ago? Or no, you're saying the whole year one year ago. later. Yeah. It's whatever. Uh, Hannah's like, so you lied to me? You're still playing the game with her? I was like, no, Hannah. I'm playing to beat her. And now I know where she is. Caleb's like, where's that? He's like, ready to his laptop. And Mona's like, North. 31.57.52 West, 71.28.57, uh, which is also Benjamin Light's phone number. Uh, Caleb tries in the coordinates and brings up the XD search. It brings up the location. Are you trying to get me killed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to 492 Hart Street. Caleb's like, that's here in Rosewood, 492 Hart Street. And I was like, wait, Toby, isn't that your house, the tiny little one that you built? Toby's like, I, I, I never found out who bought it. And I was like, well, I guess we know now. And Ari's like, so let's go. So they get up and leave. It really seemed like they accepted the idea of a twin really fast. Also, way to have your characters proactively take the initiative. Where fucking Mona parachutes in to save the plot. Well, it's just a classic Marlene move where like suddenly at the end of the episode, it's like way faster because we got to yeah. we got to hurry now. There's running, screaming, running. Yeah. I don't know. I get that they wanted to be clever at the horse and like Jenna's like good sense of smell, but like it would have been so much more satisfying if it was the liars figuring out clues to point them to Twinser. 
right? Unless what Jenna smelled was Alex's fear. I mean, that would have been some real like Kaiser Soze shit where they like put it all together. <laughs> With Jenna's sense of smell and my sense of poetry and mm-hmm. also, you know, Mona and Caleb's actual hacking skills. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking hacking. Ugh. Uh, so when we cut to the tunnels in this new dollhouse, Ezra and Spencer have gotten out of their cells. I guess Spencer finished picking the lock. They're racing down the passage. The walls are just like rust stone. Uh, with well, like there's like a metal mirror, framework supporting mirrors, it. Like, or like windowed walls showing like some of the rock face that this is built into. This is like really like the start of what is it like season five of Lost when like Faraday is like down in the thing. It really looks like a lost statue. Yeah. Like they're like drilling to like do time travel on the other side of this, like the frozen donkey wheel. Yeah, definitely. They're jogging past all sorts of like weird machinery and like pipes and equipment and shit. Lots of pressure valves and tanks. They're rounding corners or running fast. They get to a fork up ahead and Spencer's like, which way? And she runs to the right out of sight. Ezra goes to the left. And then we hear Ezra off camera say, uh, 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 Spencer over here, over here. So Spencer comes running back into view around the corner. She stops and she hears like a metal squeal of a hatch door opening down the hall. I really wanted them to do like a, a switcheroo at one point here. Mm-hmm. There's a couple times that Spencer runs off screen and then like runs back on screen. It was like, oh shit, they're going to do a switcheroo. No, they're not. Could have been very sneaky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hear Ezra call like Spencer now. So Spencer kind of forces herself away from paying attention to like that, that squeal in the distance. She goes down Ezra's hallway. It ends very quickly. There's a ladder that runs up to a floor above. Ezra's climbing it now, so she follows him. And we cut back to Alex. She's strutting down that passage. She's got her axe in hand. It is a just fucking glorious image. I mean, just evil Trojan walking around with an axe looking to murder Ezra. God, it's great. No, Ren. Or no, Ezra. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your fucking head in. Yeah, she walks around the corner, finds the cells that she lets Ezra and Spencer in. They are, of course, empty. And Alex just turns around. She's like the fucking Terminator here, just taking it all in. And it looks back down the hall. Just icy calm. This big ass fucking axe on her shoulder right now. Which, like, as as my goldsmith tweeted, like, this is all you want. Yeah, seriously. So then in another part of the hatch, we got Spencer and Ezra. Round in a corner, they find like a little like pantry room with a bunch of cans and containers of non-perishable food stacked up. And Spencer's like, oh my God, she really was going to keep me here forever. Not you though, Ezra. <laughs> and Ezra's kind of looking around. He sees another hatch door and he's like, this has got to be the way out. So he runs over. He kind of forces the wheel on the door. It's taking all his strength, grinding the whole way, gets that door open. It like opens with a hiss, like it's pressurized or something like that. And they practically fall out into this uh, seemingly outside area that seems too artificially lit to be real. Spencer kind of gasps. She follows him out. They're in this tiny little yard with a white picket fence gate. This is where Mary and Alex were arguing about at uh, earlier before Mary got punched. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, hello, hello. And she's about to head into the like weird fake looking house across the way when Ezra stops her and he's like, wait, wait, stop, stop. And they freeze and just listen. And you can hear like there's some sounds of nature, but it, it's like it's piped in. You also hear this like hum of buzzing and machinery under everything. And they look up and it's a cool 
little effect because like the trees just like stop about 12 feet up like they just end suddenly uh and then there's like a blue sky on the ceiling that's obviously just like painted on there there's like a crease like a circular crease Uh like this is clearly like a round ceiling with sky like i don't know i've been to certain casinos where they had like a look like this right but it can turn into night yeah when they want to this is fucking impressive it's very crazy and surreal it reminds me of casinos it's obviously like a there's a lost vibe even though they never even did this yeah so before 6 11 up until 7 10 toby was building just the house just the house yeah meanwhile <laughs> yeah so ezra's like we're still underground i mean Props to Marlene for finding a way to make this place even more like kind of weirdly artificial than the dollhouse, mm-hmm. right? Um, Spencer's like, oh my god. Well, I mean, especially if we had known more, spent more time in Toby's fake little house. Guys, where are we? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then a polar bear shows up out of nowhere and eats Ezra uh-huh. slowly. So then we go back down into the the hatch tunnels. Alex is still creeping around with her axe, and she's like, "There's no way out, Spencer." It's nowhere to hide. And get another demented grin as she has that axe and moves on. And then back above ground. This is this is fucking classic Marlene because we're just like rushing through all the shit here, you know? Mm-hmm. The liars are coming into Toby's house that he built. It's like nicely furnished but sparse. There's nothing on the walls. Arya's leading the way, heading into the back to check the bedroom, I'm sure. And the rest of them look around the living room, except for Mona, who just like follows Arya because she mm-hmm. knows what's up. And Kayla's just like, that's weird. And Toby's like, what? And Caleb's like, isn't that Spencer's coffee table in her couch? And Toby checks the couch. There's like a tag hanging off of it. And he's like, this stuff is all brand new. There's still tags on them. And I want him to throw in the fucking chair that he quote unquote built for Spencer. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Arya checks the crafts closet and we can see in the back, there's like a false wall that slides aside. And like somebody left it open because then beyond it, we can see like a, one of those other like metal submarine hatch doors there with like a, a wheel on it. Or it's like, I found the key in the button jar. Yeah. Or he's like, over here. I, what, what was Alex's end game here? Like she's going to pretend to have bought the house. Like, okay, she's, she's, she bought the house. she's Spencer, right? Yeah. She's pretending to be Spencer. She's bought the house back from Toby or whoever bought it from Toby. And she's just going to live there with him and hope he never discovers that the real Spencer has been kept underground as a prisoner down below. Well, at some point, is there a plan B built into this? Or say Toby founds out, she bonks him on the head, he wakes up in the fake little house underground? Because there's not just a house. There's a house underneath the house. I think that's where Mary's living right now. In Toby's fake little house? Well, because she can't leave, right? Because she's afraid of getting caught by the police. So, I just, I, I mean, the house meta, within the house. Metatextually, yeah. there's something so interesting. If we had seen more about Toby's tiny little house, to have a fake tiny little house underneath it in a well, artificial it, environment. It seems like the the house up above leads down to a hatchway, and if you go through the passageway down below, you'll eventually exit out into a fake outdoors area mm-hmm. where another house is yeah it's- yeah yeah which is right underneath the real house i mean it's like toby like i got a good deal because i built it on an old ww2 bunker yeah so the liars all like rush into the kind of secret door there and we cut to a door opening in that fake house from the downstairs area earlier 
it's a weird cut because it's not the liars coming out, even though we would think we would be seeing them come out. It's Spencer and uh, and uh, uh, Toby instead. Ezra. Ezra. Whatever. Coming out of the fake tiny house. Yeah. They come out. Uh, we hear like a crow kind in the distance or just like a recording of one, I guess. You get a great shot of the top one of the trees and the tree is hollow. Yeah. Ezra is just like, it's all fake. And Spencer says, no, there's got to be a way out of here. And so they each just run off in different directions now. <laughs> like how they just like split up and like cross each other's paths and go their own way. Are they like run to each other on the other side of the house? Yeah. <laughs> Upstairs, the girls are filing into that passageway there. And Allie's just like, what is this place? And Ellie's like, I don't know, but we're about to find out. And Arya just like cranks that wheel on the hatch open. And there's another hiss and they get, you know, let inside there. I mean, this is clearly like like the sex dungeon that Alex has built for Toby. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's all happening very quickly here. Down in the glade, Spencer and Ezra, they come out of the bushes on other either side of the uh, like faux house here, and they meet up again. It's another opportunity for a switcheroo that they didn't take. Spencer was off screen for a moment. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, anything? And he's panting, and he's breathing hard. Points back at the entrance to the lower hatch that just came from him. He's like, the only way out is back through there. Um, what's the deal? I mean, I guess Mary's just living in this house. I guess this fake house. I don't know. I would not be shocked if uh, Alex has her like living like a cot somewhere in the yeah. the bunker part. So Spencer's like, no, no way, I'm doing that. And then Reese is like, chung, and suddenly all the sunlight turns off. It's twilight down here now in this like fake glade that they're in. You hear this like piped in crickets chirping and owls hooting. Sky now looks like a star field with a moon off to the side. And they look around, it's like fake night sky, and behind them, uh-oh, that red axe is approaching. Alex is here. Spencer is kind of looking into the uh fake house and sees a reflection in the window there of her evil twin coming with that axe. She shoves Ezra out of the way just as Alex like lunges in and swings that axe down right where Ezra would have been, sadly. Spencer screams. Ezra falls and kind of hilariously bonks his head. Uh, I guess a lot of people thought he was just like dead at this moment because he hit his head. Oh, how I wish. If only. Yeah. He, instead, he's just like, uh, like is like the noise he makes. What if Ezra like bumped his head, had amnesia, like incurable amnesia. And he's like, I don't remember. I'm a pedo. Yeah. I was like, Tabula Raza. I'm not a pedo anymore. Wait, wait. I dated you in your high school. And there was a stop. There's a book. Oh, shit. Yeah. So then Spencer kind of jumps in front of Ezra's prone body there and she kind of holds up her hands to stop Alex. And Spencer's just like, wait, stop, stop, please. I'm your sister, just like Charlotte. And then Alex kind of mimicking Spencer. is just like, I'm your sister, just like Charlotte. And Spencer says, I'm sorry that you got the wrong end of the deal. And Alex says, I'm sorry that you got the wrong end of the deal. The really great two shot of them facing off identical except for the axe in alex's hands there god i'm loving this and spencer says it's not too late to be a family and alex just kind of sneers at this and drops back into her native accent yeah it is she raises that axe back she's gonna swing it down spencer but spencer's too fast she just charges her right in the gut bowls her over and alex drops the axe and her and spencer are just like wrestling and grappling each other on the ground they're just like grunting and screaming. They're rolling over, trying to punch and throttle each other. 
one of them shoves the other off and like one of them goes for the axe the other grabs it too they're just like standing up fighting with this axe and then gun cocks in rushes toby out of frame he's got his service pistol out drop it the other liars are all here now they've all caught up to this uh, labyrinthine plotting here and they're all just like standing behind it like uh emily hilariously is just making like just like <gasps> like crazy emily faces through this whole scene well she's like well this is weird for the topo theory <laughs> there's two of my other half uh-huh. um yeah so the twins uh the allies and caleb were moaning crap behind this toby rush toward was gung fu um twins stopped grunting and struggling to drop the axe panting We've got our classic scenario of the two twins in the same outfit. And Toby has to choose which one is real. But first, shoot us both, Spock. Which is uh, a great reference because it's like it's a Buffy it's reference. It's a reference and a reference. You know? Yeah, it's a Buffy reference referencing Star Trek. But first, Ari has to run off and check on Ezra because she only cares about him. She's like, Ezra. And he's like, I'm dead. She only cares about him and no one else does. If he was dead, she could like open his mouth and open her mouth and like suck his <laughs> essence. <laughs> the twins raise their hands at the gun. And Alex is like, Toby, it's me, Spencer. And Spencer's like, don't listen to her. But Toby makes confused Toby faces as he looks back and forth. I have to ask, did, did you have a feeling as to who was who in this scene? Uh, I thought the one on the right was Spencer. Okay, me too, but yeah. yeah. So Spencer's like, look at me. You know me. And he looks back for some support, but no one else has a clue either because they're just ready for the show to be over. I mean, what's Toby going to do? He couldn't tell which one is which when he was fucking them. And as we all know, I call my dick the great detective. <laughs> so there's like, you guys, come on. Seriously, after everything we've been through, I was like, oh, my God, you really do believe what you're saying. You're crazy. They're just horrified in speech of this. It's like, this is a classic ending for Spencer, though. She goes back to her friends with pleading eyes. None of them want the thing. So she starts to cry. And she's like, please. Toby lowers his gun, tucks in the back of his belt. He walks over to what we're saying is Alex as she lowers her hands. It seems like he's choosing her. She's getting the final rose. Real Spencer's gutted. Alex smiles, thinking Toby's about to embrace her. But then he ducks behind her instead. She gasps. He does like this cop move to restrain her behind the hand of her back and hold her, hold her prisoner, which is the kind of kink they're into. And he says, tell me your favorite poem from the book you gave me. And Alex can't answer, but Spencer's eyes light up. She starts like rattling off some French. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna butcher the French words like un orange sur la table, uh, taroba, so whatever. Anyway, translated, it's uh, an orange upon the table, your dress upon the on the rug, That's which sexy. is kind of sexy. Yeah, shout out to MK Zavader for the translation here. Mm-hmm. Toby seems to understand, they, they kind of share a little moment. Alex is glaring at this, she knows she's beaten. Spencer kind of gives Toby some bedroom eyes of her own, and she continues, which translates to, and you in my bed. I mean, these two are going to fuck later, right? That's some hot poetry fucking. Oh, yeah. Um, That that is some fucking panty-dropping French poetry there. That's how I like it. An orange upon the table, your dress on the rug, and you in my bed. Mood evoked. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so then a guy who looks a little bit like Robert Pattinson, who might be a little a, a tad French. Well, cop- let, let me do this. First of all, this, this cop, quote unquote, runs in and mode is just like, I called 911. And the rest of the development narrator is just like, no, she didn't. 
And this uh, French cop with a French accent is just like, ha oh, ha Mary Drake's in custody. We cut her a few blocks from here. I am... I beat her with a baguette. <laughs> Arya helps Ezra up and he hugs her. And the cop's just like, oh, we'll take it from here. And he handcuffs Alex and he leads her past the others. Alex stops at Mona and she's just like, well, no one could call you loser Mona anymore. And Mona's like, you don't know the half of it. Oh, shit. <laughs> her eyes are practically sparkling. She's so pleased with herself. And Alex gets literally frog marched off. Arya holds us her clothes. The rest of Lyra's are just like, well, that was weird. That was a that was a really fast conclusion to this episode. Emily's still making her like her like hilarious, like shocked faces at all this. Which had nothing to do with the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, like, here's here's my key issue. It's fucking Toby has to decide between the two. Shouldn't it have been the liar bond? <sighs> yeah, yeah, it should have. But potentially, that's not the moment that most takes you out of reality because that's coming. Okay. So we cut to the church steeple as the wedding bells are chiming. We kind of actually pan down and into the church, which is a really interesting. Have shot. we ever done the shop before? No, no. I don't know if we've ever gone straight into the church from which outside before. Made me think this has to be like a computer effect. I don't know. It's it's a good one if it is, yeah. Because I never really thought that the actual church no, interior. No, I, I never got that the impression. Yeah. So the camera pans down and moves inside. We see Arya and Ezra at the end of the altar. There, Arya is much more of an Arya wedding dress now. It's like way too short. There's like it's five spunky. inch high heels. This is an Arya dress. For this sure. is basically the yellow dress that she wore earlier, but white. It's right? lacy. It's like really short. She's got like these crazy heels. Showing off a lot of her legs. Yeah. It's, I'm telling you, it's, it's almost exactly that same yellow dress from earlier. Yeah. It's short and spunky. Um, Ezra's in his like Pete Campbell blue suit. I feel like him and Byron are like have competing Pete Campbell suits on right here. Hmm. They both need the hairstyle. Yeah. Um, so Reverend's like, this relationship stands for yeah, love. Ezra, when he goes bald. <laughs> oh my God, I would love it. I would love the one year time jump where Ezra's bald. <laughs> a one year time jump. Yeah. <laughs> he's just fucking trump at that point yeah <laughs> tremendous hair um any word about everyone's blood from everywhere uh so the reverend's like this relationship stands for love loyalty and trust but above all for friendship these two, oh, as is these two in trust sure and and one friendship and the pews over the left side we see ezra's mom we see byron ella veronica ashley they're all watching and reverend's like aria your vows because i'm sure they're bonkers she slips a ring on Ezra's finger. The camera can't even like like bother to linger on. She's like, I. It's like the camera's not interested in, in uh, Ezra's link ring at all. Yeah, like whatever. She's like, I, Arya, take thee, Ezra, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, to love and to cherish till death do us part, as long as Pigtunia requires. <laughs> I think is just like, in other words, not for long. Drink from this goblet of blood and the pack shall be sealed. So the liars are all watching and Hannah and Emily are bouncing little renlets on their knees right now. <laughs> Keep a close eye on those twins because one of them's going to disappear. Yeah. Emily's getting extra emotional. So Emily, or, uh, Hannah hands her a tissue instead of a flask, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily says, I don't need tissues. And Hannah says, "M, today you do. <laughs> so Emily takes one and wipes her eyes. And uh, then, in, like in the next shot, Hannah's baby just disappears from the shot. Sure. 
Meanwhile, Ezra is slipping a ring on Arya's finger. It looks like some kind of like thin band with a bunch of diamonds around it. Mm. And Ezra's just like, I. It should just be like a pine cone with a feather sticking out. Ezra, of it. take the Arya to have it to hold from this day forward. In the pews, we see Byron and Ella are smiling at each other. Ezra's mom is like making like Michaela Maroney face through this. I was going to say, this is why I like Addison Derringer because in another world, Michaela Maroney plays her. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ezra says, for better or worse, for rich or poor, in sickness and health, uh, to love and to cherish, till death do us part. And they both smile at each other. Arya left out in sickness and in health from her vows. I'd just like to point that out. Does she know something we don't? I don't know. Anyway, the reverend says, if anyone can show a just cause why this couple cannot be legally joined together in matrimony, let them speak now or forever hold your peace. Everyone raises their hand. <laughs> Liam runs in from the back. She's like, he was a high school English teacher. This is problematic. His writing is not that great. I feel like <laughs> this is where you should have really worked in cameos. Like Norman Buckley raising his hand in the background. Like, ooh, 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 call me. His writing is weak and very cliched. Yeah. Uh, just then, of course, a cell phone starts beeping. It's like the Cosmos are trying to object to this wedding right now. Everyone's digging around their pockets and purses to see, like, oh, is that my phone ringing? You know, because it sounds like it's coming from everywhere. And then in the back, it's the goddamn wedding photographer switches a ringer off, played by Armor and the King, of course, having a Hitchcock moment. This is past Hitchcock. Hitchcock is is never this involved. Hitchcock is never this involved. But you know what, though? This is her fucking show. Here's what I'm saying. I, I see some people complaining about got this. The text too. I want. I'm dying. What that text was. I see some people complain about this. Like Stanley is in like a million fucking cameos in every Marvel movie show. Like if you're cool with that, you should be cool with this. That's well, what I'm saying. I think if you really have an issue of it, I hate to say it, but it's probably sexism. Yeah. Because I mean, like, again, it's her fucking show. It's her show. It's the last episode. Like I feel like people don't get that. Like finales are kind of like wakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. You may think this is like the brilliant episode. It's going to tie everything together. But really, it's just like there are people who have been working on this show for years and years and years. And they're all just kind of having a celebration of the show. Right. Like, I don't know. People who are like hating on this cameo. You can piss off as far as I'm concerned. So Marlene looks up. She kind of sees everyone staring at her. She's kind of mortified. She shushes everyone and mouths sorry. What is up with like her weird like her like necklace it's like an aria necklace or something because she was wearing that in the after show too mm. i don't know what that thing is it's like her house sigil or something i think it's probably the crown that uh Pictunia will bestow upon its human avatar yeah ezra has a really hilarious reaction <laughs> where he's just like he really wants to say something but he's gonna be cool about it yeah. well actually marlene <laughs> yeah uh so anyway they go back to the reverend the reverend says by the power vested in me i now pronounce you husband and wife you may kiss the bride. So they kiss. Someone in the crowd's like, oh, and the reverend says, I present to you for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. Fitz. And everyone claps, except for the baby that Hannah was holding earlier because it's vanished. Arya Fitz? That's dumb. Well, like, Arya's... You got to keep Arya Montgomery as your pen name, I think. Yeah, well, Ezra's mom is there. How does she feel about, like, Arya Fitz and Ezra Fitz? Well, this is this is my feeling on that. I'm glad you brought that up. I feel like if Ezra's mom is showing up now, Ezra's back in the trust fund, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't need they don't need to worry about money anymore. They're good. The only problem with this set compared to like the original church from the pilot, though, is you can see who's there and you can see who's not there. Like Wes couldn't make it to the day of. Yeah, Wes uh, he had to duck in the bathroom and take a leak. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Across the people by the brain. I mean, just you know what? Just like don't even hyphenate, just combine them together. Aria Fitzgummery. Oh, that's awful. But I, I, I definitely think like if if Diane Fitzgerald's willing to show up to this, they don't need to worry about money anymore. They're good. <laughs> well, and and, and uh, Byron's like perfect. Yeah, oh, matches my master plan. So then later, we're out on Main Street, Rosewood, kind of <laughs> walking away from the brew area. The uh, publicity photos that you all thought were the uh, final liars moment is the final liars moment. Uh huh. <laughs> Great look for Emily here. She's in like a t-shirt and a really short leather skirt. But Hannah's in leather pants. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they're both fictional. Yeah. Uh, Aria's Hannah's boots have like anklets. With like gold trim. Yeah. Hannah says, I was looking online and your first class seats are bigger than our bedroom. Like, is that some kind of weird like first class fuck cabin? It's just depressing is what it is. <laughs> And it says, oh, and you have to get the duck. If they're flying it in from Bikin, it has to be. And Spencer's like, Han, that's how the duck is prepared. It's not actually from Peking. And Han's like, okay, you don't know that for sure, Spencer. And Spencer's like, yes, I do, because Peking is now Beijing. And Han says, well, then they should call it Beijing duck. This is a very Hannah moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ari says, I'm going to get the duck hand, which doesn't make any sense because she's a vegetarian. But And I show where its feathers like a trophy. Yeah. Maybe it's for Pictunia. Hmm. So the girls all giggle and they walk on. It's time for Emily to kind of tweak at uh, Spencer a little bit here. She's like, we heard Toby sticking around. Allie's like, oh, yeah. Um, Jason said that he's got that veterans program in Philly. Spencer's like, yeah, if it works out, they should um, get a lot of homeless people off the streets, including Toby. <laughs> Nari's like, yeah, and Toby's going to be climbing into your sheets. High five, girls, ladies, anyone? But my thing is, is he, though? Like, all of the romance for Toby was with uh, No, Alex. it's not all. Limerence, Limerence, that was all Spoby. I'm just saying. Oh, he had two Spoby atheists over here. He had two hot and heavy fuck sessions with Alex. I mean, I feel like there's... I remember once one time in this podcast, you gave me so much shit. Because I voiced some kind of opinion about like being pro Spoby, mm. and you were like, "Fucking admit it, you're a Spoby fan." Admit it. No. I think that maybe maybe they need to work some stuff out with Toby constantly fucking the wrong woman and not knowing that it's the other woman. Do you remember that uh, uh, that trip to uh, uh, mm. mini golf? No. Remember we went to mini golf? No. And we told the girl that we had just come from a wedding, which we had. Oh, that one? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't... I feel like Toby obviously has his... uh, He's got his victimization happening there. But at the same time, I think Spencer is a little bit like, how the fuck did you not know? Mm. It's a little weird, I think, between the two of them right now. I don't know how they resolve that. I think maybe they just need to have sex as fast as possible and just like put that behind them. Mm. Maybe that's the best solution there. Like they have a conversation like the end of Eyes Wide Shut where she's like, Toby, there's something we need to take care of. We need to do this. And he's like, fuck. Fuck. Yeah. And then she's just like asking like, how did Alex do it? 
Mm. And then while they're how doing, did you not fucking know? Yeah, and no. As you, they're doing you it, she puts just, on the giant black sunglasses. You kind of just put that behind you. You know, that's mm-hmm. the only way. Yeah. Uh, so Spencer says to Arya as everyone's giggling at uh, the idea of spoby sex. She's like, "I'm sorry. Are you already on your honeymoon drunk?" And Arya's like, "No, no. I'm I'm happy for you." And she kind of leans over as some teen Sparia hugs now. And Allie's like, we all are. And Allie and Spence kind of lean on each other now. And Emily lets out a long sigh. And she's like, I've always loved you two together. Sure you have, Emily. Meaning Team Sparia. Yeah. And Hannah's like, is it actually possible that all of us are happy at the same time? Spencer says, oh, my God. Don't say that out loud. It's a jinx. And Hannah's like, oh, well, then I guess I can't say this other thing. And Emily's like, "Uh, yes, you can. And it's like, no, I promised Caleb I wouldn't say anything. As everyone has to stop now, Hannah turns around to face him, and Allie's like, okay, just because we're married doesn't mean we can't have secrets. And Hannah says, all right, well, it's a little early, but I'm pregnant. And Spencer and Emily gasp, and they laugh together. Allie's over the moon, and Allie's just like, congratulations. And it turns to the shisher now, like, gotta make sure it's cool with her. It's a nice gesture. And Hannah's just like, oh, are, are you okay with this? Right? And Arya's just like, Hannah, of course. It's amazing. Besides, you were right. When we get back from our trip, we're going to meet with an adoption agency. First thing. That's romantic. You were right or we're right behind you? Whatever. Well, I've had a lot of champagne. I, I think it's an interesting idea, though, that uh, Arya's imagining her herself yeah. actually having babies mm-hmm. of her cooler boyfriend. The theory persists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her cooler husband. Yeah, so everyone's on the verge of these happy, ugly tears. And Hannah's like, guys, don't say anything. And Arya's like, no, I won't. And Arya's phone beeps, checks it as Emily. You know, we hug. never got, I, I don't know, maybe we got a little bit of a resolution on Caleb kind of being a dick as a husband. I don't know. It didn't feel like we got enough of it, though. Hmm. Like, I feel like this marriage is going to be over before baby Caleb is potty trained. Well, I think like a lot of marriages, the baby he re-ups your contract for two years, two miserable years, uh-huh. and then uh, it just slowly filters out. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, and then eventually one of you has sex with somebody you work with. Like Spencer. Exactly. Um, so the phone beeps, checks as Emily and Hannah hug, and Ari's like, it's Ezra. The car is here. And Emily's like near tears. She's like, okay, you're going to send us a ton of photos, right? And Ari's like, yeah. And Hannah's like, oh, and don't forget to take pictures of all your hotel rooms before you mess it up with all your stuff. So she's like, there's this new group chat app we should all be on. I'll text it to you. So everyone's crying now. Spencer's like, y'all got to get on WhatsApp. And they're like, nah. Shit's getting emotional here. And Arya's like, guys, I'm leaving for three weeks. Why is everybody crying? And they all laugh through the tears. And Allison's like, shit's getting fucking dusty here. Yeah. Yeah. Allison's like, I don't know. For some reason, this feels like it's the end of something. And Arya's like, give me a hug. I would love if they filmed this like right at the end of the filming of Gilmore Girls. This was not the end of the episode, I know. We squeeze. It's like three days before. But it's mm-hmm. like they squeeze out like those those final four words. Um, so she hugs like Arya. Like, so give me a hug. She hugs Allie. The camera pans around as they all hug. The shusher one one by one. They come together around Arya for a group hug, and Arya's like, "I love you guys." And they're all like, "We love you too," but it's not the same, is it? Ezra just pops up. It's not the same, is <laughs> he, it? He just tap dances <laughs> into the scene in his top hat and tails. They all bask in this liar bond as the camera pans up past the church steeples of the full moon in the afternoon sky. And then we see a, a so moon in the sky. 
we're not going to see yet. We transitioned to the starless guy in the Parisian street. We're not going to see the liars anymore, at least not as they are purely in this episode. But mm-hmm. like, uh, I wanted like the Twin Peaks ending where like Spencer goes and like smashes her face in the mirror because it's actually Alex. Sure, sure, yeah. What happened to Annie, eh? Um, so yeah, we're hearing some French music playing as we track it on this like French doll shop in, in Paris, of course. A Parisian street, if you will, yeah. Uh, there's a uh, doll shop here. Uh, I can't remember what the translation is. Something like pink dolls or something for the shop. Fine poopy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Inside the shop, we pan across a collection of creepy dolls. We got a brunette doll, blonde doll, this like fucking weird clown wizard thing happening, and then like a baby sailor. And then it's, I think this is Marlene's other kid, if I'm not mistaken. This is Atticus, and this is uh, Sherry, her wife. Uh huh. Um, not not the most flattering light, especially when you're panning through a row of dolls to them. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's like Atticus is the next doll in the role. Yeah, it's a weird cut. So at first, I didn't recognize it as being Atticus, and she calls him out. Like she called it Emer- like they call it Emerson in the episode. I thought it was the grown up kid from the doll shop in Brookhaven. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, what's happening? They found here? that fucking kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we see like as they're they're talking to the, the proprietor of the shop we see the reflection of the mirror it's mona she's in a french beret of course of course and mona speaking in french says you made an excellent choice atticus your sister will love it and like this doll that's wrapped in tissue paper that she hands over to atticus here and the kid and his mom smile they walk out of the shop mona watches them go very pleased and then that uh fucking french cop that we saw from before he walks in with a bag of groceries, and you just know this guy's got a baguette and some lettuce in there. This is just like the biggest French cliche ever, which I, I feel like with this show, it's, this is definitely a little bit of a joke, right? Like they have to know what a what a big joke uh, having a baguette and lettuce in the bag is. What is this guy, like an off-duty mime? Like, where did she find this guy? Like French Bumble or something? I mean. French Tinder? Yeah. Le Tinder? So uh, this dude comes in. He kind of looks a little like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Yeah. He's got like a horizontal striped shirt. Like he's just so French. Yeah. So they they kiss for a while. And then he's just like in French. He's like, are you coming to dinner? And Mona's just like, I won't be long. He says, I'll see you soon. So she's just beaming, watching him hungrily as he leaves. And then once the door closes, with the little ringing bell as he goes, her game face is back on. She goes over and looks out the front window and then changes the sign from ouvert to fermé, open to close, and closes the white drapes behind him. Then we cut to kind of a narrow stair as we see Mona walking down the steps of this like narrow staircase and like this wooden lined like passageway here. I like how Mona has like it's like a pink. Like like a peach trench coat mm. with like the super French outfit on underneath. She's so French here; it's great. I mean, it's it's a little bit of cliche, but uh, it works for her. It works so well. She, I mean, it's hot as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Where where do these super geniuses find like the contractors to build these weird underground layers under their uh, establishments? I can only assume that she she bought it this way. How so? So picture that this. How, building... how did Alex get her weird dungeon built? Oh, that's that's a modern miracle. Who, who in Rosewood is just like, yeah, I'll do that for you, and I won't say anything. 
But in Paris, though, I just assume that there's some kind of hand wavy Vichy underground tunnel resistance. The, the fucking Vichy. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like backstory here. There's underground tunnels the wherever you go. collaborators. Or the two crows tunnel just leads all the way here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Under the ocean. <laughs> See, walking for a long time. It's dream logic, folks. So, yeah, it's a long, like, kind of hallway paneled in wood. At the end of the hallway, there's an old door. Mona comes to it. She opens it inside. We see the walls are bare, but there's a nice little dollhouse in the middle on a table there. Two dolls. Two dolls in the dollhouse. A bunch of dolls, like, kind of lined up next to it. There's a bunch of, like, wigs for the dolls and clothes. Sorry, clothes and, uh, Little teacups and accessories, you know, yeah. yeah, accessories. There's, a, there's also a cupcake, which reminds me that I'm hungry. Mm, yeah, um, I'm hungry too. It's only been like six hours, guys. We started at twelve fifteen in the afternoon. It's six thirty eight p.m. Holy shit! <laughs> I hope you guys are appreciating this. Anyway, um, we still have a ways to go too. As we climb off of our crucifix here to uh, pat ourselves on the back, yeah. Anyway. Just give me one hand free. It's like I pat myself on the back. Mona puts a little tea table into the dollhouse and she kind of pretends to serve tea to these two dolls inside that are like a brunette doll and another doll with like bangs. Wild bangs. Yeah. And Mona's pretending to serve tea to both of them, puts the tea kettle down. She's smiling to herself. She's very pleased herself. The The whole doll thing is set up in front of like a, a window into the wall it's like one of those like cop interrogation windows it's like dark behind it yeah. yeah yeah so she flips on a light as we were in the dollhouse panning through the window in the back of it to see through the window on the other side of the room where it looks like mary and alex are in similar outfits sitting at a table enjoying very similar cupcakes and tea in their dresses which are like mirror picnic table tablecloth like they've got some cupcakes they got some biscuits there glamorous Uh, yeah mona also says tea time pretty girl at some point here Mm -hmm. um yeah mary and alex both reach for their teacups they raise them up and sink and they both do like this little like a pinky wag yeah to to each other as they sip yeah uh they seem to have been doing this for a while perhaps uh they they sip their tea Inside this like special tea room prison, Alex like kind of puts her cups down, puts her cup down. She kind of leans on her cheek. She sighs deeply. Mary looks over at her daughter and she's like, she can't keep us here forever. And Alex is just like, of course she can. She's Mona. Oh, yeah, she can. And Alex just stares ahead back through the window. Mona's drinking her own tea now, watching her captives. Just like Alex is glaring, playing revenge. On the other side of the glass, Mona's just like drinking her tea, nodding slowly. They just zoom in closer and closer on Mona here and her like hazel eyes. Like she is just basking in her triumph right now. The game is over. Mona has won. She was cured all right. I don't even know if Alex is like planning revenge yet or if she's just like frustrated and bored and upset. But the game is not over between these two. I can. I can imagine a spinoff where Alex is suddenly working with Mona and one might say, well, that's not, that doesn't make sense. Alex hates Mona, but I feel like these two are kind of getting to know each other right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they kiss. Yeah, totally. It's the Spono we always wanted. Word. Yeah. And uh, that's how the episode ends. Nope. Uh, Mona winning the game. <laughs> the end. Nope. No. 
couple minutes to go. All right. I need to go get a drink real quick. Okay. <laughs> right then. You ready to finish this up? <laughs> are we are we are we back on? Are we on the air? We're on the air. This is the third audio file that goes into this. The last one concluded at four hours and ten minutes. Oh my god. It's gonna be like a fucking seven hour podcast. This is uh this is about a minute and a half of TV time here. I wonder how long this will take us to recap. I don't know what you're talking about because the episode's already over. Hey, don't do that, my girl Willa. So whatever. I thought I heard a scream. Will's the new Spencer. How dare you? How fucking dare you? So it's what, Rosewood. Do you, do you really need to fucking break this down? I'll do it as quick as I can. Uh-huh. Rosewood at night. It's it's windy. It's thunder, lightning. Same horror movie scene as the beginning of the pilot. House with one of those rooms built on the porch or whatever. The windows doors are open inside or several teenage girls, including Hallie and the other two girls and Addison's posse. Uh, two of them sleeping on the couch. Hallie's on some kind of cushions on the floors. Candles all over. Probably left over from Ezra's candle sale. Yeah, I think he unloaded those on eBay. <laughs> uh, by the author of Now and Then in Ostinato. <laughs> uh, suddenly, Hallie starts waking up. Something's amiss. She senses it. She taps on the sleeping girl. She's like, Ava? Ava wakes up. Ava's the non-Asian girl who actually has a name. Uh, and Hallie's like, where's Addison and Willow? And so Ava shakes her head and shrugs. I don't know. I don't have any lines, she says. Uh, they all turn their attention to the open door and spies into the yards. Hallie. How oh, dare you. Sorry. Um, we came this far. We might as well end it. Um, Hallie gets up, starts to slowly walk out towards it where Willow struts up from the side. Since like, and Hallie's just like, Addie? And Willow's like, she's gone. And Hallie's like, what do you mean she's gone? And Willow's like, I've looked everywhere for her. So A and the other girls are like, what, huh? As much as they can emotionally do that. And Willow's like, I think I heard her scream. And we push it on Hallie, uh, push it on Willow. Uh, that's right. We end up my girl Willa. I'm interested to see Willa and Sharp Objects. Um, the spinoff shit in this episode, it, it kind of feels desperate. And I don't know who this is. I don't know who this is motivated by. Is this the writers? Is this the network? Because it kind of just feels like, hey, guys, we could still do uh, we could do a spinoff maybe if you want. Is that Ezra no? talking to us? Maybe, yeah. It's just like get the fuck out of here with this shit. Like, if you're gonna spin off PLL, you just do it. Like, don't put this shit in the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, the new liars, they suck. This should have been the wine moms. Okay, this here's what I'm saying. Let me let me pitch you an alternate in here. Hit me. It's the barn or whatever. It's the fucking wine moms hanging out, and like maybe like maybe Ashley shows up with like uh, Diane. Mm-hmm. and diane's like fucking just high as a kite is diane the new pam i think no pam's are two but uh, you know we need a fifth one okay right and diane's just like i or ashley's just like oh i i fed her one of toby's brownies she loosened up real quick or something like that you know and then like they all get like a di- dick pic and laugh at it or something like that like like you need the reversal instead of just like oh the circle completes with a bunch of characters we don't give a shit about mm-hmm. like it should have been the wine mom's like kind of like making a joke about all of it. Maybe like out of nowhere, Ella reveals that she like like killed Shower Harvey or you know something crazy like that. Like a fun little joke at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. and that's your episode. That that's my ending. Okay. <sighs> anyway, I feel like we've talked a lot. Um, yeah, this was a finale. I did we talk about the whole Seinfeld finale thing? I think we did. Yeah. Uh, just looking through my uh my topics here probably at some point yeah we've been talking for a goddamn long time um do you have any thoughts on the uh the pretty little liars as the experience as a whole seven seasons worth now that the show's complete uh i don't feel like i really will 
until sometime after this. Okay. Um, we talked about how we've all suspected they plan the show kind of a season or half season at a time. I think that's bared out if you watch the episodes. Um, we've done our Monday morning quarterbacking. Alex Drake as a character. I fucking love personally. I yeah. I could spend another whole season with her. I it is interesting. I think one of the reasons we like Mona so much is that we didn't just get the A reveal. We got the aftermath of that, which we didn't really get with Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not going to get with Mona. Like Mona's reveal, there isn't a single flashback in Mona's reveal. It's just like, oh, Mona's A, and then she has a quick scene with uh, Spencer, and then she like goes nuts and falls down. And that's it. There's no flashback at all. It's it's funny to me that like people want more and more from their A reveals, and yet the one they like the most was the most minimal. It was just like mode is A, boom. Right. Well, I Deal think but there's something that you can do at the end of season two, and then when you're at season five, where you didn't really know who your A was, or it wavered from time to time. Mm-hmm. It's like the flashbacks are your explanation of yourself. Well, I definitely think, and Marlene has mentioned this, where like Rand and Melissa are both big A candidates, but. They knew that they were on other shows. So they never knew about the availability and whatnot. Like, do you remember how Marlene had like an idea before she came up with Charlotte? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was some sort of Ren, Melissa, AD team or whatnot. Because it kind of seemed like in this episode, at least, that Ren, it was just kind of taken as red that he was kind of like helping Charlotte, even though we've never gotten full confirmation on, you know, like we know he helped Charlotte get into like rally that one time, but like that's it. We've never got an explanation for that. And this episode just kind of like took it as a established canon. Right. He's certainly on like speaking terms with her. Yeah. He would go to her and not Spencer or Melissa. Right. Having run into Spencer's twin. Oh, and then at some point Charlotte calls Ren and like tells Ren that Melissa buried a live person. Which makes no sense with the timeline. Sure. Yeah. That Ren would care about that, even though he's already been talking to Charlotte the whole time. (laughs) and. I, sorry, Melissa. I've already got a fuckle ganger of your little sister. So, fuckle ganger. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think you could definitely tell that like they they obviously had ideas about Ren and Melissa being involved. You can see clues planted in season three and season four, but then the actors went and got other shows, and uh, that's that. You know, they they worked them in how they could. Um, that's how the hand of God works. Yeah, that's just how TV works, you know, uh, in an ideal world where PLL had an unlimited budget and unlimited access to actors. Maybe it goes differently, but I can't say I'm super surprised about how it played out. You know, like I said, the press release where they got Tori DeVito back, it definitely seemed like it was like, oh, thank God we got her for a like cameo in this episode. Mm-hmm. So at least it'll feel kind of full circle ish, you know, literally what two scenes. She had her scene with Spencer and then a couple, you know, ominous around in the hoodie. turning around in a hoodie scenes. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for n- not paying off the reveal of Twinsert until the finale and having to couch all that in and like do a bunch of fan service, I think this is the best you can do. Do you think the social media component of the show helped or hurt them? I think at times it hurt them. It's definitely a double-edged sword, but I I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's obvious that that the the fans want that access to the showrunner, to the writers, to kind of, like, give us hints, tell us what's coming, 
and it was clear that Marlene was kind of trying to like hedge things like, hey, this is just going to be the new A. It's not going to be an overarching mm-hmm. explain everything A, even though we're going to ignore that anyway, you know? Well, like like Lindelof and Q's in the last season yeah. of Lost. And they're like, we're really primarily dealing with the sideways universe. <laughs> um, yeah, they weren't dead the whole time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I To me, the the preferred way to do it, I think Matthew Weiner did this, would be like, one big interview after each season, kind of like talking about that season, you know, like they split the difference there. Obviously, PLLs, you know, quote unquote, the most tweeted about show ever, whatever the fuck that means. Um, they needed that interaction mm-hmm. seemingly. I, I mean, I guess they have like the metrics to prove it or whatnot, but it definitely so many people got sidetracked by like, oh, but Marlene said this four years ago. So I'm like, here's my whole theory. And now they're really upset because it didn't pan out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm relieved, though, <laughs> that Charlie Craig and Doherty went to her and just like, trust us. Let us take some of this off your plate in 18 and 19. Oh, yeah. They needed to wrap some of that up. There would have been no room for that at all in this episode. <laughs> you got way too much going on in 20. Uh-huh. Even double size. Way too much. Um. So Mona versus Charlotte versus Alex as the reveals go. I feel like Mona Mona probably gets elevated just because she became such an amazing character. Mm-hmm. And there was the aspect of like Spencer kind of put it together at the last minute. She saw the the sweater set, she saw the gum. Mm-hmm. Like she she knew before Mona announced herself. Whereas here we didn't get the same thing and we didn't get that with Charlotte either. I would I I feel like this is better than the charlotte reveal just he had the the crazy twin reflection business going on that's a great scene but like so a rides off into the sunset a year earlier none of them thinks like this person might just come back well none of them thinks after after their spencer's twin is apprehended by this really fucking french cop they were like, huh, that's weird how the, the cops never came to get our statement or anything. <laughs> Don't you want us to testify? Eh, eh, whatever. I never bothered to follow up on my identical twin who's in jail now. I'll just let that slide. Yeah. Yeah. When Emily's like, well, you know, it's hard. I've, I've got twins. Yeah. Yeah. Not a whole lot of follow up there. But um, yeah, I do think it, ultimately I think I'd have to go Mona one, Alex two, Charlotte three. Mm-hmm. Just Charlotte was like it seemed unmotivated. It was like Charlotte was just like, eh, I guess I'll tell you who I am now. Yeah. In a hologram. Whereas with Alex, it seemed more purposeful and there was some like kind of figuring out happening. And it was at least really cool, you know? Right. Um, so I have this note here that the teen show lineage and the next PLL, I feel like there is a lineage. You can maybe start with Buffy and maybe you could go back further, but that's before our time. Mm-hmm. There's Buffy. There's Veronica Mars. I don't know if you include the, include the OC or not. Or Gossip Girl, for chance. Well, I think... I can't speak to Gossip Girl, because I only watched the first season and some change. Uh, I think the OC, though, like Josh Schwartz said, though, they really wanted to make a show about the adults. Mm-hmm. And it was like they just packaged it in the teens. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'd include the OC. I'd include Veronica Mars. I've only seen a single episode of Gossip Girl, but Gossip Girl at least had the idea that it was more than just a relationship show. Mm-hmm. And PLL certainly, like, it's a rich text that people can uh, write their think pieces about. So I feel like it belongs in the lineage. I know a lot of people think that Riverdale is the next lineage. 
I feel like they need to up their writing game a little if they want to kind of get entree into that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know what the, the the teen show is from here. Riverdale wants the title. I don't know if they're uh, worthy of it right now. Yeah. Would you? Well, first of all, the perfectionist spinoff, the idea for that, does that seem compatible at all with what we got here? I don't know much about the perfectionist spinoff. It takes place in Seattle, as far as I know. I don't think that this is going to be the perfectionist spinoff. So, um, to shoehorn Emerson into that, like, what does that contractually look like for Sarah Shepard? Or really, is that a bigger check? Either way, really, either even if you had Emily and Allison in a PLL, like the new class or something, mm-hmm. they're just like the teachers right like they're just like they would not be as involved like no one like go away byron and ella we want more of the liars type of thing it's like you know girl meets pillow world yeah so i i I guess it'd be a paycheck or whatever but i feel like they'd just be guest stars or like you know uh occasional stars or whatever you call that which might be exactly what they're looking for yeah maybe um i can't say i'm like super invested in like i gotta get more emerson Mm-hmm. Their relationship's not super interesting to me. And yeah, and it doesn't end strongly, I think, with the show. It'd be if I was watching a show where Emily and Allison were there in character, I'd just be like, what's Spencer up to? I wonder what Alex is up to. Mm-hmm. Like, can we go see that? Like, that's yeah. how I'd be feeling the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, The after show. The PLL rap party. You watched that, right? I did. I watched it right after this ended. Yeah, that was some bullshit. I watched it last night. Um, I think that was really shot during the actual. No, it was shot like six months ago, or like right after they finished filming. Like it was. So it wasn't part of the actual. It wasn't part of the actual rap party. You could tell by Lucy's hair. Lucy's hair. Lucy's hair. You could tell, like that's not her hair now. Um, like her life sentence hair. I don't know who the fuck all those random ass people were in the background the whole time. Well, like, what's the red carpet aspect of it? I don't know. It was weird. Why we invited? I don't want to go there. It was I, lame. I would love to be part of a PLL rap yeah, party. Sure um, you would. The stuff of Troyan was really interesting because um, Troyan is always, you know, good for an answer. Like, especially about the craft, about the the prospect, and, and what's like to be an actor. Um, I thought the host was a little bit fake. The best group. PLO interview I've ever seen. Like a lot, a lot of the um, the Paley ones are really interesting. The one a couple of years ago, I want to say like the right, first one, I think, right around season four, was really good. I have saved on my computer. I've had it for years. There's one. It was like a Facebook interview that Facebook arranged. Um, it was right around the time that like Tyler J. Blackburn was off to do Ravenswood. He was like leaving to do <laughs> Ravenswood. It's like season four esque. Um, the lady facilitating the interview. It looks a lot like Shay Mitchell. It's a great interview because they're the the li- the girls playing the liars, the actresses playing the liars are very candid. They're very honest, and I can't remember if it's between that one or the first Paley one where Lucy Hale says that she's a lot like Arya, minus the fact that she doesn't she have doesn't a romantic, romantic bone in her body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Um, I know you can go online and find like kind of early, early like I guess it's like probably season one, season two, where like they just used to do like these like video chats with people for fun. Those are great YouTube videos. 
they it's like they couldn't do that now they're like too big right you now um but yeah those are really funny just because they're obviously super candid mm. and they're just like doing whatever they want yeah um so i have my notes here pll movie idea question mark i think we talked before i think doing it something self-contained something a la clue or like paris vacation um if you have to include all the ships like they're all on a vacation together mm. and then some shit goes down and like they have do but you, like do you work alex drake into it i don't know i don't know spencer uh, and alex need to team up to blah 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 whatever if you do i think you absolutely have a scene at the end where it's like Spencer gets shot and mm. dies, and everyone tears up. And then you were like, "It was Alex oh, yeah. all along." You kill off Alex Drake. Come on, man. I like Alex. She's like, I finally redeemed myself. I feel like Alex isn't as bad of a person as she came off. I mean, yes, she did murder Ran and make a necklace, <laughs> but uh, you know, she had bad influences late in life. She was doing fine until she met Cece or Ren or Ren. Well. Yeah, I mean, Ren started that process. He's a man who came out of the rain looking for a fuckleganger. She just needed to meet Spencer first. Yeah, if she met Spencer first, that'd be... She totally needs Cece, like, kind of infecting her mind against the Hastings and telling her the whole time, oh, they're terrible people, you'll hate them, you know? Again, I, I've said before, Pillow comic book would be amazing. You could do a whole spinoff of just Allison's time on the run. Now you can do spinoffs of just, like, Charlotte and Alex having fun can i can i be real for a second about alec or allison's time on the run who fucking cares what are people expecting to happen in that little segment there like she met cyrus he stole all her money and ran away and then she was just like living off her her spare petty cash i feel like watching the liars and trying to protect them i feel like there's some potentially interesting shit there there's some like uh started the second elizabeth salander book i guess interesting shit there i don't feel like it's some sort of dangling plot thread that we were denied cruelly no i think the only thing we were denied cruelly is the most useless character slash red herring of all time bethany young whatever bethany young she didn't be anything that's what she meant yeah there's nothing else there she's just a fucking body in a hole well hashtag uh-huh. um no she Holes. she meant something to somebody toby's mom whatever sure yeah <laughs> bethany young uh, favorite PLL needle drop. Well, it's besides not the, without you, it's not the fray. No, B twenty six. Yeah, it's not the fray. Oh, what episode are you thinking of? I think mine is probably. I can't decide right now, but I'm either gonna go with "I'm Your Puppet." Or when paparazzi's playing, when Ezra Fruits meets Allie. I feel like that's a pretty good little moment there. Um, I probably would have a couple. I wish I had more time to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. One of them is the... Uh, I did tell you about this like six hours ago. I've been a little busy <laughs> since then. You may not have noticed. Um, oh my God, it's seven o'clock. Yeah. Uh, the Roxy music cover by Talk oh, Normal. Good. In yeah. Every Dream of Home, A Heartache. That one's pretty good. I love the Ms. Mister stuff. But you blew my mind. Yeah. The- the uh bones right bones. Or, is it hurricane or oh shit i don't know I um bones yeah. but like there's a great ms mr song called dark doo-wop which i've always said is the aria song um i really like uh the uncle track restless which is in the uh the first layer remen 
Joseph Doherty episode. Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, it's the one right before, or it's right as they like staring into the wall of TVs and the the okay the right, thing right. of Allison and the candy striper and talk and act normal bitch. Um, I do like the uh, Denmark and winter. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't mind the covers, but every time I hear a cover, I'm like, hmm. Be nice I, to hear the original. I can't remember what episode is in, but like uh Fantagram, anytime Fantagram jumps in, I love Fantagram. Um all right. Well, um, let's uh we're I think we're almost done here, so let's move into our shout-outs and whatnot. We got a shitload of reviews. So let me go ahead and move through these. In the USA, we have Solemn Bias, Lindsay Ann 88, Nisfish Sis, hashtag hand stuff. I like that one. At Nicole Tessa 05, Mona Forever with a capital A. Uh, this next one's just, it appears that somebody pounded on their keyboard. Uh, after that, Liz is AE, Nirvana Dave 19, Molly in Denver, mm, Stu, Carla Fowler 16, maybe. God, I can't even fucking see straight right now. Uh, FTS <laughs> Allison, Oki State Cowboy, Nikki Sticky 02. That's kind of dirty. And Emily H226. That's just in the fucking US, by the way. I uh I, I put in some effort and I went and looked at all those quasi Western countries I normally don't look at. So some of these reviews I'm gonna list now, these were left like years ago. So these sorry. people might have stopped listening. They might be dead for all we know. Just to just to make but it dark. There's a good yeah. chance that they're identical twins are listening. Yeah. In Austria, we have noir dot dot dot. In Denmark, we have Din Tidlegerbecker. Sure. In Greece, we have EFWN and Nada underscore Mass. In Latvia, we have Ruth, Ruth, Ruth L. In the Netherlands, we have Merblompjadda. And then because A is in all of us. In Norway, I'm not making any of this up, by the way. In Norway, we have Noah Tech. Portugal, we have Asena Ferreira, 96. In Sweden, we have Victor Anderson and Din underscore Mama and Isabel in Stockholm. Hmm. Switzerland, we have Swenja SJ. In the UK, we have Tiat BH, Laura Charlotte, and Emma of England. I like how uh, in the UK reviews and a couple of them, they both spelled favorite with a U. Mm. I really appreciated the English spelling. It got me in the vibe for this episode. Did it now. Right then. In it. In Australia, we had Mar Mirza and Mish M242. In New Zealand, we had Emerson 90. Thank you to everyone who left us a review. We really appreciate it. I read them all. It was a delight to see that we're just we're international you know it's crazy Word. did you uh happen to check anything in brazil i did nothing recent oh yeah you don't want us to come to brazil i guess we're our presence is no longer required in brazil wow you can go now michael mm-hmm. um so stephanie and her friend chelsea uh compiled and wanted to share with us their work together toby cavanaugh's sexual history oh Go on. Are you ready for this or do you want to guess it? Hit me. Wait, what am I guessing? Toby Cavanaugh's sexual history. Jenna, right? Well, zero, point zero, probably masturbating to almost kissing Allison. Like you wouldn't. Come on. One. His steps- I was 14. <laughs> his stepsister, non-consensual. 1.5, 
whatever happened in prison. Fair. Two, two Spencer. 2.5, Christmas orgy. Three. But we Yvonne, don't talk about that night. Yvonne, who is dead. Four, Spencer. Or uh, Alex pretending to be Spencer. Mm-hmm. And then presumably Spencer at some point. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just saying, Tobes, get some more notches on that headboard. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. Uh, I mean, we don't know how many like weird uh, like girls who are joining the charity and like the charity Harambe or wherever uh, they were like building. Africa. Yeah. Yeah. This fucking village, Tobes. Oh, yeah. Toby, as, as <laughs> him and Jason are just carving a, a trough. As your. Eskimo brother, Jason. I gotta tell you, are they Eskimo brothers? I don't know. You're gonna have to handle a certain amount of pussy overflow, Tobes. Yeah, Tobes just like I drink too much and then poop myself to sleep. <laughs> You're gonna do fine, Toby. Trust me. Uh, I had a couple people I wanted to say respond to before I respond to your email. Just something on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Megan. I, I, you, you emailed so that I can concede this point to Benjamin Light. If Alex's Bond villain plan all revolves around a love connection of Toby. He probably gives the better massage. Oh, shit. I mean, there must be some reason that Alex is just like, well, I am Spencer. And I don't think it's a conversation is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Paige sent us something. It's a theory from Tumblr about Alex secretly being Bethany Young. I got to say, like I said, I'm fascinated people trying to resurrect Bethany Young then to who life. who the fuck is in the box? I'm fascinated people trying to resurrect Bethany Young to life and to relevance, but I wanted to thank Paige for reaching out, most because Paige actually sent us a video way back when of her listening to the podcast, wow. and I've never forgotten that. Uh, thank you, Rebecca from Ireland. Uh, glad you could relate to PLL along with us. Thank you to Stephanie from Georgia. Your state is a piece of shit, but I can agree with you on that because I used to live there. Burn. Well, she mentioned that in her email. Mm-hmm. Glad that you met some virtual friends along with the IRL ones, along with creative Googling. Uh, thank you, Catherine from Germany, uh, for existing. Like Likewise, uh, like I said, I think Cece adopting Drake's name is about being Jessica's maiden name and Mary's maiden name. Um, it's kind of a way for her to adopt a, a new identity, <laughs> one closer to her true self and farther from Ken. Uh, other Megan... Uh, from Boston. Thank you for sending an article on how synthetic diamonds are made. Shine on you crazy British doctor. Uh, Sarah who, from England who's 15 years old who said that she never thought she'd like our podcast as much as she did and hopes that we'll continue to interview cast and crew. Us too, Sarah. Uh, Lauren, thanks for writing us right before the finale. Um, for whatever experience we've t- helped turn PLL into for our listeners, like you said, I promise you it's nothing compared to the experience that our listeners have turned PLL into for us. Uh, thank you, Emily from Canada, who we're glad we can accompany you on your commute through the frozen north. Uh, Emily's first episode was that she heard from us was Welcome to the Dollhouse, which seems nuts to me. I'm uh, still amazed that anyone listens to us personally. Especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, Seven hours later. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Rhiannon, Rhiannon, Sorry for the article and the videos on the rise of accents found in the London area. I'm sure we butchered the fuck out of them all. I think we nailed it. Personally. Um, and then just throwing a bunch of names out there. Thank you, Lorona, Johnny, Mary Jo, uh, Sean, Sarah, Ginny of a G, uh, Joanna, Shay, Tess, Abby, Michelle, Ava, Natasha, Christine, Amanda, Wendy, Andrew, Chantel, Alice, Veronica, Natalie, Raquel, Trina, Kristen, John, Homo Odyssey, 
Aurelis, Ryan, Jordan, Elizabeth, Michelle, Jojo, and happy birthday, Morgan. All right. Yeah, we did get a few Facebook messages. Uh, Mary Jo, Aiden, Kristen Cullen, sorry, Christine Cullen, Mike, Allison, Joseph, and Donna. Um, got some nice uh, messages on Facebook from them. I believe Mary Jo's was very long and uh, very much appreciated. It's really it's nice and it's crazy to hear people's stories about how they listen to the podcast, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, we're just talking to a microphone, but people are experiencing this as they go out and live their lives. Um, so that was very much appreciated. And I think we are about done, if I'm not mistaken, at least for now, right? Since we've last talked about in this seven hour recording process, mm-hmm. someone has, has upped the ante to say that they have a 12 hour travel time. Oh, well, so this will uh, be about half of that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to pause it and, you know, you got to stop, whatever. Like, uh, I feel like you'll be fine. Yeah. What? Seven hours will get you through a, a good majority of it. You might want to talk to whoever you're driving with. I don't know yeah, if you are. Let us know if you actually make it to the end of this where I speak these words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that about wraps us up for this episode. There will probably be at some point after we take a little break, future interviews or at least one or two roundtables or Q&A, something or other. We'd love to do more than that. So by all means, let us know who you'd like us to talk to and uh, mention it to them as well. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think if we want to talk about the official Bros Watch PL2 canon This is where we draw a line across the page and call it the end. Bye-bye.